Welcome to Talk That Talk, where we have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band, HBCU band culture, music, education, and more. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and also find us on all social media networks at Real Talk That Talk. And now, let's start the show. Talk, we have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversation about band, HBCU band culture, music, music education. And today, we are really talking about the and more part. All right. Also, man, please go ahead and smash that like daddy right now. Go ahead and do it as soon as you come in the building. Do not wait. Also, please make sure you subscribe to the Passion News Network and turn on notifications. This episode will be up on all your podcasts and networks. Just type in Talk That Talk, except for on Apple Podcasts where you can type in Real Talk That Talk. Also, uh, if you're watching on Facebook, which is super dope, continue to watch on Facebook. I'm not going to tell you not to. But take some time out to come over to the YouTube, Daddy. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications, and you can go back to Facebook and do whatever you want to do from there. All right, here we go. <clears throat> and if you see me look down to my left, I, I think it's going to be y'all right. I'm watching the Rockets game. I'm just going to let y'all know now. Whenever I have one of these on, that means the Rockets is playing, all right? So now, now hey, I got to stay true to the city. It is what it is. You know, I know that they're not, they not doing so hot because they are getting – drug right now by the Clippers, but, you know, I'm still going to ride with my team. I'm going to ride with the city. All right, uh, so here we go. The The conversation that we were having last week was specifically about the culture. And when I say the culture, I ain't talking about band culture. I'm talking about us. I'm talking about chocolate folk. I'm talking about the the us, pe- the pepper. Not the salt, but the pepper, you know. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm trying to give as, as many versions of what I mean by the culture. So I don't, I don't want anybody to be confused. Um, you know, and so we are going to dive deep into this conversation today. Um, so here we go. Here's the first question. I'm going to start it right out of, right, right out of the gate. Have we lost our sense of community? Have we lost our sense of community? Quan, you go ahead and take it, obviously. <laughs> I mean, yes and no, because, I mean, we have to address what happened tragically this week um, in Houston, you know, with uh, uh, takeoff being uh, murdered. Like, we have to address it. And people reposting the videos and whatnot and, you know, when you look at things like that, of course we're desensitized and we have a lack of sense of community. Um, because if anybody correct me wrong, I've only been I've only been black for 34 years. But I don't see that coming from other communities. I look at what happened to Kanye West over the break uh, over this past two weeks, regardless if you agree with him or not. Those, those, that specific ethnicity has joined together and was like, nah, you're not going to say that about us. And I think, honestly, as black people, we're always the last to the party to realize the greatness that we have. And that if we just bind together, like, we're really unstoppable. Um, so from that point of view, yes, we have lost a sense of community. When elderly people and, and wise counsel can't even correct us. Yes, we've lost um, a sense of community. However, I look at you and I, I look at Rick, you know, our small circle, a network of people, Crystal, you know, with the names going on and on, but that's a community of itself that we have the same vision. So 
to say we've lost it now, but we always have to remember a lack of community or confusion or gossip or mess is always entertaining. So that's what's going to always be pushed in the forefront. So I think at the end of the day, we're losing it, but I don't think we've lost it because people like you, uh, myself, as well as you, Rick, and others, like we see the bigger picture. And there's other people around this country that see the bigger picture. The only difference is when you actually have vision or you actually have light, so to speak, and you're trying to share it, your light is offensive to people that are ignorant or in darkness. And that's how I go. So, I mean, what does, what does community look like now? Right. What is, what does that picture look like? Right. Like, the bus boycott, like people will talk about the bus boycott and there were, there were obviously some chocolate folks who just didn't, you know, get on the bus with the bus boycott. There were some people who just didn't agree. But I think the percentage of the people who didn't agree was so much smaller. I think that right now we're in a, we're in a sense where it's all about me. And I think that that concept now is the majority versus the minority. And so now when you're talking about these these smaller communities that we have, yeah, we could talk about these smaller communities that we have, these individual communities, but the community at large is in a lot of cases is really all about me. And I, that's the way I perceive it. And I could be wrong. But go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I mean, but, but you're right. But here's the difference, though. When you're forced into a situation where all you have to do is depend on one another. That's the difference. Now we live in a society where you can literally create your life with this. You can create a false narrative with this. You actually don't have to be yourself with this. Like, not be ugly. We actually live in a meta world. Uh, what is called metaverse. Like, we actually live in that. You have people, if they got two or three pages, they're two or three different people. So when you speak about community, when you speak about yourself or reality, we were forced out. Of, we were forced out. I, you know, before my grandfather passed away and some of my mentors who lived through segregation, the first thing they literally said was they really think, and even Dr. King in several books that he, that he mentioned, he said he think he messed up when he fought for segregation because we had a sense of we all we have. Now you have a sense of, well, I got mine, but you cannot, you cannot, uh, outright, uh, dismiss those small pocket of communities that people have the bigger picture. Again, those people that understand the bigger picture are either silenced or it's not entertaining. It's not bro. And when you bring that up, right. It's crazy that you say that because I'm going to go back to the to the the Southern Jackson thing for a second. I think the other thing that bothered me. Outside of, you know, just the whole booing and all that kind of stuff. Right. Nobody was paying attention to the marches. Nobody. But as soon as the rap daddy's cranked up. Oh, Yes. So it's almost like we all we also do not want to be 
in a in a space where we can actually be educated. It's all about us being entertained. So that's mm-hmm. and and I think that I have an issue. I've, you know, when I was teaching, when when I was teaching, and I think it was Beaumont. When 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 uh, not not TikTok, not Instagram. What was the thing before that? Uh, Vine. When Vine really really took off, one of the things that I would get so frustrated with, with is. When you saw the the amount of quote unquote Walmart pranks, it was always for the most part black people, black kids going what's in there. The, what's the Walmart prank, bro? When you know somebody going, because it, it's always a Walmart. It's either a Walmart or a Target. When somebody's going in there and they and uh, they playing some type of prank on somebody, they jumping in. What was it randomly jumping in balls or or uh, what was that? What was that thing that they were doing? Uh, Diving, stage diving, something like that. That I remember that during the Vine days. Yeah, put them in a coffin. That was it. <laughs> that was it. But I, but for me, yeah. But for me, I just never found that funny because for me, I was like, what? At what point do you just say, okay, this is embarrassing as a culture. This is this should be embarrassing as a as a person. But as watching us do that. It's all about us being entertained over and over and over again. Let me let let's hit some people to some game if y'all didn't know. All right. And so this is something I've been looking at. This is and 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 so somebody correct me if I'm wrong. I can't remember where it was. I think it's Japan or China, wherever TikTok comes from. Japan. That's what I thought. From my understanding, the algorithm is set. So that only thing, the only thing that is shown on TikTok is educational stuff. And the number of likes go that goes up is based on the um, is based on how great the information is. That's how you get how that's how you get likes. But we over here, they open that algorithm up and we up here creating all these dances and then influencing our kids in school to be dancing while they should be getting getting their grades. One thing I could not stand when them silly TikTok dances, and I'm just going to go ahead and say, I'm, I'm letting it all out today. When them silly, stupid TikTok dances, because I think they silly and stupid and it's a waste of time, came out, one of the things I could not stand is kids doing it just in the middle of daggone class. In the middle of class, in the middle of the hallway, I couldn't stand it. And I, and I can't stand it today. But going back to this whole sense of community and being entertained, I cannot understand for the life of me why that's the biggest thing. That almost goes, and that goes back to band culture and the way that we look at band culture. And, and Justin has said as, 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 as so many times, and while there have been plenty of times that we disagree, the truth of the matter is he ain't wrong. All we want to do is be entertained. So, Bro, the bottom line, I'm I'm gonna just say it. If if somebody was thinking about it, bro, we're broken people, dog. <laughs> like just bottom line, we're broken people, and you have a lot of people, bro. They they we want to mask our hurt so bad to where all we want to do is be entertained. Now, this is not this is not everybody. Let's let's be clear and let's be responsible. Enough to say it's not everybody. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I'm I'm glad I'm glad you cleared that up because 
one thing, one thing that's not going to happen. I don't want to hear that. We're not me. We're not going to talk about that. We because we're not talking about individuals. We're talking about as as a community, as a collective. But the other thing is, we also know that nothing is a hundred percent unless your unless your name is God. You ain't a hundred percent. So we already know it doesn't happen at a hundred percent. So it, we ain't saying everybody. All right, let's just go ahead and put that out there. But go ahead. Right. But because somebody will be like, oh, they they just saying everybody. No, we're not. We're not. We're not saying everybody. But for the masses of our culture, it's about real talk. And I, and I um, NSU Legion, like, honestly, what he's saying is right. Our culture is highly valued in entertainment, even though even over, over education. That is absolutely right. Excuse me. And that's over. That's with athletics. Right. Because it's about the bag. We we think whatever we need to do to get the bag by any means necessary, that's what we're willing to do. Bottom line. That's why we can do the prank on vines and Instagrams and different things like that, hoping that we get that blue verification check to be to monetize what we're doing. Like now we have kids that be like, yeah, I'm gonna just go be a YouTube star. When you have so many YouTube channels out there, you have people that are putting their lives in danger. I remember it was a uh, it was called the gang prank where this guy now he wasn't black, but he uh, was a Hispanic dude, a Hispanic and white dude that went into gang affiliated neighborhoods and like stared at the people, and somebody was just like recording from the bushes. That's what we look at. That's over a million views. That dude has over two two point nine million followers. Remember when that stupid knockout game came out? What's that? You don't remember the knockout game? When people just walk up to somebody and just punch them? Nah. Or or what about the prank where you dressed up like Michael Myers and you are are, are the clown from it and you walked down the street and just started chasing people and they had a dude pull out a gun and shot somebody. Like, bro, like that's just what it is. But to my point was in regards of African-Americans, bro, a lot of us are broken. And what we what we really want to do is hide, in my opinion, my opinion, this is Quan speaking, masking hide our trauma. Because that's easier to deal with. I don't care if you stay in a affluent neighborhood, if you stay in a low socioeconomic neighborhood, or if you stay, you know, in Highland Hills, you know, in a penthouse suite. Because of the things that we've endeavored through, honestly, to the to a degree, this country has minimized and diminished us too in nothing but entertainment. How do how do we glorify our women? Like it's it's you have R and B artists that have to preach whole culture or twerking and those different things instead of their true intellect uh that's why and we're just gonna put it out there mumble rap will always be conscious rap for you to think because they don't want us to think they want us to entertain if you really look at this how this country is set up and we're gonna be honest this country is literally set up like old roman days the people that have money is either a politician, an entertainer, or some person of affluence. That's it. The educators and the free thinkers, we have to scrape for a decent living. And then everybody basically plateaus out. That's really how, 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 how it is. But we also lost our sense of community. And again, it's not completely gone, in my opinion, but we've lost a sense of community when elderly could not correct us 
that's when we got out of line. That's when, that's when, in my, my opinion, the Bible says a fool despises wisdom. When you refuse, like, for example, like even on the show, when we speak about arrangers and whatnot, we'll be like, yeah, but it's cross voicing over here and that's not really proper. And then you have other people that be like, well, just they letting them do them. But we're trying to teach you the craft, though, that we've spent our entire life perfecting and that we're still working on. You know what I'm saying? That's when, when you can't give a critique and they receive it as criticism, that's when we lost our sense of community. Because as a from a brother to brother, Luke should tap me on the shoulder and be like, say, fam, that's not a good look. Don't do that. I shouldn't be like, man, that boy hate me, blah, say, blah, say, blah. Now, while I'm despising wisdom, if he's already endeavored through that particular situation, we don't want to hear that type of stuff, bro. We don't want to be criticized. We want to entertain. We want to be the top dog. And it's all about us. Again, it's not everybody, but it's a lot of us. All right. Let's go ahead and go to the next topic, which is going to allow us to dive a lot more deeper. Uh, a lot more deeper. That is not correct. A lot deeper. Uh, good Lord. Sorry about that, guys. Sorry. I do have education. Right. Uh, all right. So let's go to the next topic. And the next topic is going to get us uh, a little bit deeper. So here we go. Welcome, everybody, to Talk That Talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversation about band, HBCU, band, culture, music, music, education, and more. Man, y'all go ahead and smash that like daddy right now. Don't wait. As soon as you walk in the door, hit that like daddy. Also, please make sure you subscribe to the Passion Is Network and turn on notifications. This episode will be up on all your podcast networks. Just type in Talk That Talk, except for on Apple Podcasts, where you just type in Real Talk That Talk, and it should pop up right for you. Here we go. Next one. He talking to a... Uh, you good? You good? Because this one's going. This one. This one might sting some people. Do we embrace activities that's not good for us? Do we embrace activities that's not good for us? Oh, I guess I'm taking that one. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you started. Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and start it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Without a shadow of a doubt. Here's the thing. Um, I've had time to really think about this and I've been thinking about this for a long time. I don't care what you say, how you feel. Our rap culture is actually our demise. And I don't care how you feel about rap. I don't, you know, there, there was a time if we go back to uh, New York at the, at the birth of rap, a lot of that was not necessarily conscious rap, not at the beginning. Conscious rap came a little bit later down the line. But even when you start getting to African Bambada and all of those guys who were doing that, uh, if you get to uh, not necessarily leaders of the new school, what's, 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 my, my, uh, what's my guy's name? Um, Tribe Called Quest. Tribe, all of those guys where there was a lot more conscious rap, KRS-One, when you started to get at them, there were some conscious rap in there. But right now, what do we have right now? We have a culture of of drill, garbage, for the most part. I mean, I I, I mean, I, I I know that there's specific names for it, but it's garbage at the end of the day. You can try to, and we try to, we try to justify our poison. That is that that is the biggest issue that I have for me. 
not realizing that the stuff that, that you feed your, the energy that you feed yourself, the energy that you feed your soul goes into you and you start living that. You start breathing that. You start regurgitating that. And you just don't, I don't understand how we don't get that. Our rap culture is our huge demise. And we have to, at some point, make the decision that it's not okay. So much so, and I've been saying this, I don't know for how many years. Go listen to the pop station. Go listen to the country station. And then go listen to the station that they're supposed to be feeding us, the hip-hop and the urban station. As an older person, as an almost 40-year-old, almost, I ain't there yet, but... (laughs) As an almost 40-year-old, I can tell you that during my time when I was my kid's age, there was music that just did not make it on the radio. You had to make a completely different version in order for it to make it on the radio. Now, you can say whatever you want to say on the radio. All they're going to do is just put a little space in between there and keep going. But I find it very, very disrespectful at the fact that we could talk about smashing women, uh, killing each other, and everything under the sun gang culture on our stations, but you don't hear that on the pop station. Heck, you don't hear that on, on the rock station. But yet we'll try to justify, oh man, we just having fun. No, 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 no. At some point, we've got to realize that this is poison for us and we're feeding into it. It makes no sense that we have so many rap artists that have completely, completely died. Not like they passed away from natural causes. No, they were murdered. That young brother, I'm, over a dice game, my guy? A dice game. And from what they were saying, he wouldn't even playing dice. Him and Quavo. Quavo. Was, I mean, yeah, allegedly, they were actually trying to defuse the situation. Right. But but I saw but I saw a post that was so disturbing on Facebook. Somebody said we hear about our people getting killed by dice games every day. This ain't this shouldn't even be a big problem. The only reason why it's a problem because he's a, he's a, a a star. The re, the problem I have with that is why the hell are we getting killed on, over dice games? Yeah, bro, we're we're deep. No, no lie. I, not to cut you off. I just feel like we're desensitized as people, bro. Like that, and that's the downfall of social media. I never forget after George Floyd was killed. Um, mentally, there are certain things that has never been the same with me. Looking at that man, call for his mother, and then when the, somebody in the comments said, "Well, you know, his mother passed away," and he called for his mama, I knew that he was about to die. From a spiritual aspect, when you call on the dead, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Bro, everything you're saying is, is absolutely right. And I'm I'm gonna be sincere with you. I'm guilty of it too. My favorite rapper, my two favorite rappers, if I show you my wall, uh, I have a, a portrait of Soldier Slim and my I, under him my favorite rapper is Boosie because I grew up in that type of environment. I'm I'm not gonna lie. But it was one point um during COVID. I ended up discovering drill music. Man, I had to fast from that, like legitimately, because it it was like heavy. And then when you see, and then because these kids are impressionable, 
they take what they see on TV and think all of it is real until, you know, you're getting these murder cases and, and different things like that. It's like they take it too far. They think that's that's real life, bro. You know, you speak about the King Vons, the Mo 3s, the, uh, the J.D. Youngins, the, uh, all of them, bro, like they idolize. I mean, hands down, NBA Youngboy is the most influential rapper today. Today, bro. I mean, so they're going to emulate these things. Like, I mean, think about it. When, like you said, the rappers that when we were coming up, you dressed like them. To say, to say I didn't dress like I was a hot boy, you know, coming out of New Orleans uh, with the big clothes. And, and in 2004, we didn't wear the big white tees and platinum fubu and all of that stuff. You know, that's not true. That pushes our culture. It is a part of the culture. But now, as we gotten a little older, it's all about death, bro. Like, when, when Tupac and Biggie died, like, that was a big thing. And it chilled. You know, Big L, you know, we're not for them New York rappers, but yeah, now, bro, we losing a rapper a month. You know, I'm going to say this. I've never said this, but it's something that I just thought about in, 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 in the conversation, that, well, the, 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 the soliloquy that you were giving. I, I, I got to say it like this. Them white parents was right. Them what? Them white parents was right. What you mean? So I don't know if you remember that was there was a time during Luke and the Two Live Crew, during uh, NWA, you know when they started putting the explicit thing, explicit logo on CDs because before it was a time where that didn't happen, and then they were fighting back. They were taking it to the government. They were taking it to the legislation. They were buying Civil all Wars, the CDs. Yeah. And then uh, smashing them because they understood the effects of that music in their kids. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, they, they, some of them kids still went and kind of, you know, figured out or bought it. But we grew up in a culture where, and I'm not going to act like my parents allowed me, my parents didn't, my mama didn't allow me to listen to that stuff. And honestly, I didn't. Uh, not until, you know, I got older and was able to freely listen to it. And and I had, I was listening to a bunch of H time rap anyway. So if it wasn't, you know, fat Pat, big Mo, you know, Hawk, Lil Kiki, if it wasn't one of them, you know, I was probably getting it on the radio or something like that, but that's as far as it went, but they were right. They were trying to protect their kids from the poison that they were being fed. And you're absolutely right. Like, like you said, that was a culture that you grew up, grew up in. But guess what? When you learned, when you learned, you made better decisions. And we had, and we had a culture of parents for the most part that, uh, did not invest in that stuff too. But now we have a culture of parents who are right along with their kids. So you have the parents who are investing in it and you got the kids investing in it. To me, that ain't nothing but a recipe for disaster. I have a problem. Let me tell you, as a parent, one of the biggest things that I have a problem with is when there's a lot of those videos that will come out 
showing these little babies. And they, and I don't know if you've seen these before, but they, I don't know if they were Vine videos. I just don't know how many of these daggone things was coming out. Vine, Instagram. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm old. God dang. I ain't that old, but I'm just saying. Like, I sound like an old man, right? But when they be showing the video, when they used to show the videos of the kid smoking or something or drinking and they laughing about it, <laughs> like, oh, that's so cute. No, that's not cute. And my brother, my older brother, man, he says it all the time, man. We love our poison. We love our poison. But at one point, at what point as we as a culture, as a community, are going to wake up and say, hey, this, this ain't right. Even just going back to the FCC, at some point, somebody should be, at some point, we should wake up and be like, hey, this is unacceptable. So... So I'm going to just play devil's advocate real quick. Oh, uh, here we go. So I, while I agree with that, no one censored Eminem. Like, I'm going to disagree was, with you, but go ahead. I'm, I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to let you finish, but go I, ahead. I mean, I, I just, and I look at the, the question, it was uh, from a community. She was like, well, white parents, right? Or were they racist? It's like, Cause when when Eminem thought Eminem said some stuff, bro, like some stuff, like <laughs> I mean the dude talked about Christopher Reeves <laughs> when uh, uh, when he fell off the horse, um, Sonny Bono hitting trees, like he attacked the gay community and still has a positive career. You know what I'm saying? I mean he uh, he apologized and made parodies and said that he was a homosexual himself and attacked out with John and and then backdoored and did a song with him. You know not excoriating him for what he did, but because of course I know that the rappers that influence us has a different impact on our community, but isn't, isn't like the old folks saying is what's good for the goose. Isn't it good for the gander? Cause we supported Eminem too. So I'm going to, I'm going to come back on that. Okay. I don't necessarily agree with the fact that, um, M was this was in the same specific category. Here's the reason why I say that. Um, Slim Shady. Um, forgot about Dre. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot the other one. Um. Anyway, I'm th- I'm thinking about his singles that that hit the market, mm-hmm. right? Stan, Stan, okay. To me, in my personal opinion, if you really want to, mm-hmm. to me, Stan was probably the worst one. But even talking about his his singles, uh, because I, I know I'm missing one, one or two. I am, I am that I say I am. I was an M fan, so I feel you. Not that one. It was, but my point that I'm trying to make is when those came out, that still fell in the uh, fell under the umbrella of what I was saying. Where a lot of that stuff, because like when M first came out, he was a silly, playful dude. So if yeah, if you remember right. that, if you remember that, he was he was the silly, playful guy. So when when Slim Shady came out, it was like. Uh, who's this silly dude? You know, and then he had the other one. Um, um, dang, I can't think about it. But my point is, 
there was yeah, still so. there was still a lot of edits that he had to his music. And that's why I say I think Stan was the worst one because even in Stan, you had edits to the music, but the story itself was deep. But but in but on his album note, but see, but that, that time, but, but but that goes this, but but but, why, but go ahead go ahead go ahead. Watch this, but but at that time you had to have, at that time you had to have good album right, and but he had gems, and I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know belittle it, but he had gems where he talked about killing people, and like you know what I'm saying, like. He had jokes about killing people too. Now, of course, he never did. But when he got into this situation with the insane clown posse, it wasn't no joke then. They used to accuse him and Marilyn Manson about influencing the other uh, Caucasians to shoot up the school because that's what they said they was listening to when they shot up Columbine. See what I'm saying? So it's like I think. So as as I'm thinking about it, I do agree that our music drill. All of those things, because right now the New York mayor is actually trying to ban drill music from from radio waves, right? Uh, but there's aspects of of white rock and roll people, you know, Nirvana, certain things that brought on. Matter of fact, recently they were saying that Billie Eilish brings brings about suicide. It's just in a it's like in a different way. Like it's kind of like. For blacks is the war on drugs, but for whites, the pills or opiates is is a is an epidemic. You see what I'm saying? It's like it, it causes the same effect. People are dying, but for us, it's bad. But for them, it's like oh, they need to they need to go to counseling or they need help. That's the that's that's why my you know that's that's why I teetered a fence on it. Now I do agree, man. Our our African American black rappers influence our com- our community. The difference is they influence whites too, but they're not about to go and shoot up something. They're not about to go do that. We the ones that do it. And then the other people, they have the money to, to hire lawyers. We getting public defenders. I mean, it's a it's it's a crazy dichotomy, bro. So I'm I and and I'm gonna try to remember everything that you said because I'm gonna try to go mm-hmm. back and, and, and get everything. But your argument with M is the same argument that I've had with that I had earlier and that I've had with just in the past in general, singles were different than albums. And in, in those cases you had to go and get the album. You had to physically get your butt up and go to the store and walk into a Sam Goody and get you an album. Sam Goody. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that's what you had to do in order to access the 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 rawness of M. It wasn't like you had, you know, these different streaming sites, which which goes back to what I've said about, you know, the FCC and how it used to be. You had to go get the explicit albums. In order for me to get the dog pound, I had to go and buy that so so I can actually hear him saying smoking Indo sipping on Jan and Juice. Cause you was either gonna get the uh rolling down the street smoking something like that or smoking 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 or or you just gonna get rolling down the street sipping on that's all that was all you was gonna get 
You know what I'm saying? And and you had to go and get the album to really hear what he was saying. If I wanted to hear, if I wanted to hear uh the Fifth War Boys for real, I had to go get that album. You know what I'm saying? But, but, but my question is, regardless how they attain the music for Eminem, do you agree that it still had influence though? I well, I was gonna get to that second part. Okay. So I don't I don't disagree that it had an influence. But to me, that goes slightly in the in the idea of God dang it! It goes off every single time I'm doing this, and I'll be putting morphing time right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but no. Uh, but I also I put this in this in the same vein of kind of what you said, right? Like, yes, it had its influence. It had its influence on certain cultures, as as. Black people, our black rappers influence us, you know, so on and so forth. So I definitely agree with that. My 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 other part that I agree with is goes back to that sense of community, right? If those kids get in trouble, if those kids go off the beaten path, the community is riot is, is rallying around the issue. When our kids go off the beaten path, some of our people gonna be like well what he what ray ray do he good free ray ray instead of saying no homie no that that was that was wrong so i'm gonna play devil's advocate again because it's just two of us i'm playing devil's advocate again but we also see the degradation of the of the of the of the judicial system as well i.e there was a affluent person a white guy that it was two situations one actually raped a drunken african-american woman behind the dumpster he got one month probation because the judge said due to his um lifestyle and affluentness he would not be able to survive in jail that's one you had another situation same thing where he he was a drunken driver, killed someone, got probation. Did it a second time, but the person didn't die, and they like that person then flee to Mexico. Like when you when you see stuff like that, my thing is like, well yeah, free Ray Ray, like and I'm not saying it's right, but it's kind of like. How can that person get a pass, but then we never get a pass? Like we, when it comes, that's that's why the community back then was like, say, bro, just don't get in no trouble at all. You feel me? Don't get in no trouble at all because they're going to get a pass. Like when you look at certain point systems in certain states, right? Because when it comes to the judicial system, you get a certain amount of years depending on the point system. Have you been arrested before? Are you a, a, a repeat offender? Uh, what was the gravitas of the act? Or, or what was it premeditated? So forth and so on. My my thing is at the end of the day, bro, like, like they're going to get a pass. We're not. But how many times have you seen people be accused of stuff or get time and they didn't even do it? So I mean, it's it's a it's a double edged sword with it both. It's a double edged sword with the boat, bro. So um I'm gonna address Brother Amos <laughs> uh when he when he speaks about New Orleans and New Orleans radio. 
Um, Q93 wasn't playing that. Q93 was not playing that. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, you talking about that song? Yeah, I said Q. Yeah, Q93 with Wild Wayne and the nine o'clock props because I'm from that. We wasn't playing that. Not no heroin, one, baby. I mean, hey, you never know, man. They probably was d- bumping that DJ Jimmy. You know what I'm saying? With with <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but but uh but no man, you 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 said something. You said something. You said we never get a pass. Never get a pass. Never get a pass. Uh I think they're there I, I think no, I think that there I, I think there have been some some unfair situations. I can definitely agree with that. More than more on our side than their side. I'm definitely gonna agree with you, but never get a pass, bro. Never. Nah, because you gotta remember words matter to say never. That means that at every single point in every situation, there was never, there was a, they, they it, we never got over. We never won. We never won that situation on when it's, when it's compared apples to apples. Um, okay. So I, 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 I retract my never. Okay. <laughs> but we're more than likely not to get one. Okay. I, I, I can go with that. But my other thing that you said is, it, to me, it goes back to that sense of community, right? Because in those situations, people are gonna their people are gonna look out for their people. They people ain't gonna look out for us, right? But wasn't the judge for Meek Mill a black woman? Yup. Exactly. When we are, and that once again, that goes back to my sense of community. When we are in the spaces in our spaces to be able to actually, uh help one another or, or, or serve one another correctly. There are too many cases where we, we turn our back on each other. You know, one of the things that I can't stand sometimes is when I hear people talk about when I be, and it's two, it's two sides to this, to this story, right? When people be like, I want to, I want to buy black. I want to buy black. I'm only going to buy black, but then you go to the black place and they upcharge everything. Or their customer services. Or right. Or here's the flip side of that, right? My cousin or my my uncle runs a business, and but I want the hookup. But you're not gonna go. You're not gonna go down to, to uh, you know, whatever it is, and try to get a hookup from them. But your cousin trying to run a legitimate business, but you're trying to get a hookup. It's so. It, it, once again, to me, that just goes back to that sense of community, man. And I feel like we just lost that. And I, and I always say, I, I, and, and this is my personal opinion, I can be absolutely wrong, but I also think it's, it, 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 and I believe it's all been by design. I do. I agree. I agree. You had to eat them chips right now. Yeah, I'm hungry. I'm sorry. <laughs> But yeah, man, I I just I believe it's absolutely by design. I think that we were we, we were absolutely separated as a people and as a culture. A lot of us were given the opportunity to be successful. A lot of us were 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 placed in positions where we 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 made it. We ain't make it make it. We 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 not at the table, but we can see the table. 
we can see we can see them in the glass doors and we can comment and, and have discussions about what was said at the table. And since we were given that position, oh, we made it. So I want to make sure my money good. I don't know what they going to do. And I think that's an issue. So so there there's there's two movies. I'm going to get the names for you. But one of them is a commercial. Uh, it's a movie that says how to sell to Negroes. That's one of them. I've seen that. And then the second one, I can't remember it, but it basically is, is a white gentleman that's sitting at the table explaining himself how to basically, it's, a, it's like an updated version of the Willie Lynch. And what he basically said was, you're going to take the, the most intelligent Negro out of a um, low socioeconomic area, educate him, show him different things, and then send him back. You give him money and you send him back. Because he would, he grew up into a white neighborhood, he's then going to think to a degree that he's better. So then he won't feel welcome by his own people because they're going to look at him like, oh, he thinks he's better. So then they're going to reject him. Then he's going to go back to the white community where he has a sense of belonging. But they never really accept him for who he is and his blackness. They just accept him because he's quote-unquote a tame Negro. And so he's going to become an ally for them. And then while he's in the presence of whites, he's then going to talk down and give them basically the rundown in the game of how African-Americans think. And it's a full circle that's going back around. My thing is this. Our job is to go back and try to help. That's why I became a band director. That's why we do what we do. That's why we do these shows and whatnot. At the end of the day, again, like I said earlier, light is offensive. I deal with parents. I'm not talking. I'm not down talking my parents or nothing. But I have some kids. They're going to be the first generation to ever go to college. Do you know how intimidating that is to a parent that has to trust me or the, the, the college readiness person here with their taxes? You're trying to explain them what FAFSA is and they have no clue. Oh, no, nah, you're going to mess up my taxes. I don't we don't, we don't we don't do that. We don't play with the government. You see what I'm saying? Like it's things like that of why we decided to become educators and do what we do. Again, I said it on the show before, we're trying to set kids free. And the only way that you can do that, W.E.B. Du Bois said, if you show me poverty, I will show you lack of education. I will show you lack of exposure. That's what's going on with us. Because everybody want to be what? Entertainment. That's the problem where we're going here. Lack of exposure. That's why I try to take my kids to everywhere to, for them to see. When it was driving in other states and they saw how clean Cincinnati was, they was like, man, Mr. Mitchell, this city clean. Yeah, bro. Sugarland like that too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Some kids, they don't know any other restaurant outside of their mom and pop stores. When I first got here, I had students that never had Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A, bro? Like, that's what we're dealing with. That's what we're dealing with. We're, we're trying to expose them to light, to knowledge, to education, to opportunities. But that always don't work like that, bro. It always don't work like that. 
Bro, you just you just said a mouthful, bro. Um, I mean, there's nothing I can say to to rebut that. Um, yeah, I, I I don't disagree with you at all. Um, but I do want to say this, and and I wanna I wanna bring it back to to for a second because this is dealing specifically. Well, the next topic is going to be dealing with this kind of specifically, but it it still surrounds community. Um. I'm a Texas boy, man. Um, born and raised in Texas, spent a couple years in VA, but came back to Texas. H town all day. We losing right now. Oh no, it's tied. Oh shoot. We we tied. I've <laughs> I've been trying to check in. John Wall was I'm sorry, I'm just I'm just sorry. you know, we just gave up John Wall. He went to the Clippers. We playing the Clippers. John Wall was running a clinic on uh KPJ for a second. Anyway, but I want to talk about this very quickly because I think it's important. And when we talk about community, when we talk about band programs, high school band programs, black programs, one of the things that, and and this has to do with a lot of the things that I had to, that I had been studying um, in one of the presentations that I gave for my master's, a lot of people don't know about the PVIL. Some people are completely oblivious to what the PVIL is. And so the PVIL was the black people's UIL in the state of Texas at one point because they weren't allowed to participate in UIL. So they had the PVIL that took place on the campus of Prairie View, Prairie View A&M University. And these schools, many of the schools, many of the schools who participated in the PVIL were some of the most blackest schools you can probably ever think. But in the PVIL, they got the direct, uh, they got the judges who would perform at the UIL to be the judges for the PVIL. And the thing about the PVIL was you did two things in one day. You would do your, you would do your concert site reading performance. No, you would do your, um, marching band show first. Then you would change clothes and go and do your concert and sight reading performance. One of the interesting things, and this all has, this all coming to a point. One of the interesting things about it is that I was studying it is that the fact that the community was behind all of these band programs when it was happening because they were in low socioeconomic neighborhoods and urban neighborhoods and black neighborhoods where they were in schools where, like like today, instruments are falling apart. They got to hold it together with duct tape. They didn't have the 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 best of uniforms. They didn't have all of these things. But you know what happened? The community rallied behind each one of these schools. Some of the schools now had fantastic scores, sweepstake scores, ones down the middle. Some of those same schools can't buy 30 kids in their program. But why? Like I said, I, th- I think it's a loss of community. When you see the fact that your parent doesn't support, when your parent doesn't support what you're doing, when your parent doesn't support you for going to band practice, and it don't matter, and, and I've watched this happen, where I've watched band directors who, who would have practices after school, 
But because there's so much stuff going on or my child got to come home or blah, 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 all these different rationales and reasons, they'll change. They practice to the morning. The kids still don't show up. There's no support in the community. If it ain't about football, basketball, it don't matter. Some of these, I, I, I will talk about them. I ain't there no more, so I can talk about them. Madison High School in Dallas, Texas used to win, have straight ones. Used to be 120-something kids. By the time I showed up to that band room, there were 15 kids. Lincoln High School, struggling to continue. And they just got a new band director, man. You know, you know kudos to him. And I, I hope he's going to do great. Lincoln High School in Dallas, Texas. Guess who else was on there? Cashmere. Tell me what Cashmere's program looks like. These are all programs, and I and I can speak for the state of Texas because I know, but I'm pretty sure it's happening in other places in the South. I'm pretty sure it's it's, it's in happening in Louisiana. A lot of those black schools closed because what happened was, and I see I'm giving y'all a history lesson on the state of Texas. What happened was those black band directors were doing so well that they ended up making a decision of whether they wanted to dissolve those schools or whether they wanted to keep some of those schools. And what they did was, is that they, the, the, when, when uh, integration happened, they took a lot of those black band directors who were really, really good and they bust them to the white schools. But then what happened was they didn't let them be head band directors. They made them assistants and a lot of them didn't want to be assistants. And then the ones that didn't want to do that, they ended up losing their job. They had to go do something else. So then a lot of those black schools closed. Some of the ones that stayed open, they stayed, they, they stayed on top for a little minute until that community, that whole sense of community left. Because what happened? Black parents didn't want their kid going to that black school. They wanted them to go to that white school where they had all the good stuff. So we ended up busting our kids to the other school. Or, or they implemented certain things like the, um, in the state of Texas called, at one point it was called Eminem minority and majority, things like that. So he's like, you had to have a certain quota. You know, we, we speak about affirmative action. They have to have a certain amount of uh, minority students at a particular, a predominantly uh, white uh, high school or whatnot like that. But it all goes back to the systemic so, uh, racism and aspect when we're speaking about band to that middle school level. The, when the middle, when the middle schools died, that's when it was an issue. Back in the day, Worthing was on top. But you had I mean not above Willow Ridge, but but yeah, you're right. Hey, hey, I mean I ain't I ain't got no dog in the fight at that. I'm time. just saying, you know, I, I agree. <laughs> Worthing was a was a great school back then. I ain't gonna lie. They they band program was good. They went on top of Willow Ridge, but they was all right. They you know, hey, hey good. Hey, 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 hey. All I say is this I love Sybil, but if Willow Ridge walk in front of me today, we'll see. Hey, but I, that's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with that attitude. You got it. You got to yeah. stand on your stuff, man. Go ahead. But no, I just, I just feel like I look at, uh, you know, Justin could possibly, you know, uh, attest the city ain't the same either. And it's like it's 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 low key like as African Americans, we need that mirage of options, and that's what confuses us because we're talking all charter schools ain't good, bro. Like we just go like you and I know, you know, we don't want to say no names, but we know 
all them charters. I agree. I I I I I I agree. I I agree. Sorry, I had to hit the button a whole bunch of times, bro. All them all the magnet programs that quote unquote be doing that, that ain't good. And let me and let me tell parents if you happen to come across this video, just because your child is smart doesn't mean that they have to take pre-AP classes because they put more rigor on that child. And if that child has a human child moment and fails, that child now has a GPA that's messed up for the college level. Sometimes all these titles and certificates is only to benefit the school, not your child. Sometimes. At the end. Sometimes. Like, sometimes it works, sometimes it don't. I'm going to just leave it at that. Okay. At the end of the day, bro, at the end of the day, when we stop having elementary music, Orf, Kadai, um, what else we had? Recorder ensembles, middle school band that was adequate. When we started the No Child Left Behind, when we implemented the 20th, 21st century programs and all of that stuff, it affected urban schools the worst. Amen. That's what we fail to realize. We don't want to go to the school board meetings and stand up. And, I, and again, that's why I say, at the end of the day, I don't knock mass band. We've said that. But as a band director in a public school system, I would I want to see the same energy that we put in mass band and middle school band. That's all I'm saying. When you have to, as a band director myself, when we had to go in our own pocket to strike a concrete area so that our kids can have four, 30 yards east and west, that's the issue. When you have programs that have constantly have a revolving door band directors, these middle schools and these areas. And it's only in the hood, bro. When are we going to wake up and realize they're doing it to us? White and brown, they win it. And I'm not knocking it. They win it. But when you look at our community, it's hard for us. That's why I say we haven't lost it, but we're losing it. So, first off, um, one of the things that, because I don't disagree with nothing you said, but another problem that I think that we're having is the fact that as when it comes to the middle school directors side of it, we don't have people who want to be middle school directors. We have people who want to be the next high school band director the next college band director who want to get all the accolades for being that we don't have enough people who want to say, all right, sit down. This is a B flat concert and take these kids and, and mold them and build them to where it needs to be. And I think that is the biggest, the, the biggest issue. One of the biggest issues that we have when it comes to adequate programs, everybody wants to lead a middle school to get to the high school. Because everybody wants to, to have that top tier, quote unquote, band. And it's like we said before, everybody, everybody ain't going to be Jordan. They're just not. We're going to have to have some Steve Kerr's. 
We're just going to have to. We're going to have to have some Rodmans. And, and a lot of people don't want to play that position because we've now grown up in a situation or we're now building a, a, a culture where it says everybody can win. Everybody got to be on top. But you can win at that middle school level. My last teaching assignment was, see, I ain't there no more, so I can say it now. I got the shirt on. My last teaching assignment was Duncanville ISD, one of the top districts in the state of Texas. I had the pleasure of working there and being inside that middle school situation and watching how they dealt with middle school. Them kids was getting sweepstakes for the last I don't know how many years on the middle school level. And so that when you go to look at Duncanville High School, that's why they're phenomenal. Because they have middle school teachers who really, truly want to be there. And who are doing a fantastic job. By and large. But when you go to some of these other ISDs or, or you go to some of these other areas where there are struggling middle school programs, most of them don't even want to be there. They ready to rush to go help the high school. Because they don't want to teach. That's the, like, we're just going to put out that because you want to teach. You and I have been at the middle school level, and you know it takes a different kind of patience because it's a long game. It's not, it's not instant gratification. It's literally we're on mouthpieces for three weeks. It's, it's a, a band, band, marching band. It's that type of stuff. It's every good boy does fine. It's that. But the truth is, what I realize is this. A lot of them can't teach. Because you have to be so detailed teaching middle schoolers than high schoolers. You can kind of, I'm not, not going to say you can kind of wing it, but you kind of can. Because they have a different understanding. Middle schoolers is like, what? When you're teaching a child, lay your case on the, on, on the ground. Uh, I meant to say laid on the ground with the label with up. With the label up. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not open. Not, not, not Make sure open you open case. the latches okay. the right way. Yeah, you got you to gotta go through it. Everybody not like that, bro. Everybody everybody want to grab a, have a drum line and grab some sticks and, and, and do that because that's what you did in college because that's easy. But everybody want to grab match grip and be like, okay, I need you to play this scale. One, two, and three, and four, and one. They don't want to do that, bro. Instant gratification to say that I'm the best instead of about the long game from the child. I'm proud to say that one of my middle school trumpet players, uh, we, her nickname was Lil Dent. Man, I got a March Corps last year. Drum Corps last year. Hit me up. Mr. Mitchell, I just want to say thank you for introducing me uh, to the trumpet. You were like a father figure to me. I marched drum corps last year. She marched for Atlanta Spirit last year. Come on, man. Like, we don't, we, we don't want to be honest. So because of that, we don't have, we have a lack of feeder programs, right? Which then trickles down to the high school or trickles up to the high school. But then we shoot ourselves in the foot. Well, how? Bad scheduling, right? That master schedule. Uh, sometimes lack of admin support. Now, I'm blessed here. I'm not going to lie. You know, but master schedule issue. And so when you encapsulate all of that, not being ugly, 
You got to be called to work at schools like this, bro. That's the difference. You got to be called for it when you're dealing with kids with, with trauma. What happens when, when you deal with, like, because all teachers and educators know this, what happens when you deal with that kid that was inappropriately touched? What, ha- what happens when you deal with that kid that's homeless? What happens with that kid when, when you peep him out, you be like, bro, you wore that yesterday. And you smell like yesterday. Smell like, yep. When they come to you, Mr. Mitch, like, hey, uh, can you take me to the laundromat at the football? I, I, I don't even no draws, bro. I want a young lady comes to you and be like, Mr. Mitchell, like, I know this like nasty, but I'm on my cycle and I don't, I don't have no pads. And this, you know, what I'm saying, what do you do? Well, I we, know. we we deal we deal with so much other stuff to where you can't even, I wish I could just teach music. I, I wish I could just teach music. This schools like this gotta be your calling again. We're the ones that's trying to shed light. That's why I realize I want a UIL trophy and real talk. I have an area on one of my desks over here. That's tape that says UIL trophy. Cause I know I'm gonna get one, but I care more about transmogrifying lives though. I believe when I stand before God, you gonna be like, what, what did you do? Were you faithful with the kids that you had before we start talking about, I want a hundred piece band. Were you faithful with your party? We don't want to talk about that. We don't want to talk about, if I'd have just had a hundred kids, but you wasn't good with your 30 though. Your systems that you have can't even fathom a hundred people because you can't even get 30 in the right direction. I'm just saying, bro. I'm just saying. I used to, and, and, and it's crazy that you say that. And I'm looking at the comments. I told my kids back when I was there, um, I'm not worried about the trophies. The trophies will come. I used to tell them this. I said, I care about changing y'all lives. Because one thing that was told to me, and it was told to me from a director who had numerous amounts of ones, but it's a dang good director. Those ain't nothing but uh, dust collectors. That's all they are. Because you're going you're gonna to be proud of it or happy for it in the moment. You're going to sit it up and just watch it collect dust. But did you change lives? Did you put something into those kids that they can take for them for the rest of their lives? And I used to tell my students that every single time. Bro, I look at how you and every single person who's marched under Mr. Thornton, how how y'all act. Like y'all, y'all get choked up talking about them. That's how you know, not only that's Alpha Man, but like, it's just the fact that of his impact. Yeah, I see it. <laughs> like, his impact on y'all lives, bro. Like, I have to speak about the, uh, I believe he was one of the great band directors here. His name was Mr. Portis. I know he was at Madison at one point, and he was also at at, um, at Worthen. You have to speak about uh, uh, Prof. Johnson that was at Kashmir. When you speak about certain band directors, and especially for those you could have had a father figure, 
but it's something about them that had such an influence to make you be like, I got to do better. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to, in our own rights, be the next Dr. Greggs, be the next Dr. Butler, be the next, you know, so forth and so on. And I feel like we we're losing that with social media. We're losing that. Dr. Little at Jackson State, we don't know that man's type of influence and impact on those kids, but I but I guarantee I'm pretty sure it's great. Same thing for Dr. Zachary, you know, Rick, my, myself, you, you know, like it's about the kids because we know that we're only going to be on this earth for a short little time, but our legacy going to live on forever. Mr. Miss, Mr. Thornton's name will never die, not just because he got a school name after him, not just because of that, but everybody that has came across his pathway, like prime example, your kids going to have a little bit of Mr. Thornton from the precept that he taught you. So he ain't gonna ever die. That's what we have to start thinking about. And that's how, that's why I feel like the community still will live. It just have to live in a different way. It just got to live in a different way, bro. And I can feel you on that, man. You know, my biggest, my biggest fear when it comes to this, this thing called a community, man, is, you know, the, the, the people that you speak about, you know, and, and, and the way that you speak about us and, and, and ourselves, I feel like, People like us, like Chuck, you know, uh, like Crystal, we're becoming the minorities in this space. And that's my biggest fear. I don't want to be the minority. You know, there are so many people when you start talking about like the, all the people that you named in the state of Texas, just in Houston alone. You know, you can talk about Prophet Edwards. You can talk about Conrad Johnson. You can talk about Mr. Thornton. You know, you can talk about Sam Jackson. I mean, there's so many. The list goes on and on. And it's like. I don't, I, 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 I pray that those types of, of influences are not leaving the kind of stuff that the values that they in, instilled in us and in their students. It can't just be all about entertainment. It can't just be all about trying to win the trophy. It can't be all about just trying to crank it up. It has to be other things, other values that we're instilling into the, into the, the students. And that's what I'm thinking. It is hard, Chuck. It is hard. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm going to have a, I'm definitely going to have a show about that at some point. Uh, because it's not easy. It's not easy. Uh, I think Chuck, you, you've been in a game longer than I have a couple maybe a couple of years longer than I have. Um, Chuck been at what, 20, right? I think it's 20. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think this year is 20 years. So, you know, I, I know it's difficult, man. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that on a, on a, on another show, man. I don't want to get too far into that. Oh, he said, no, but, 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 I, but I'll, I'll say this, bro. Yeah. That's what I thought. Okay. You a couple mm-hmm. years, a couple of years more than me. So, so this, this is how our legacy and our influence will live in kids. When it's them subtle moments, because when you sit down and talk to them and you tell you tell a kid that may not ever hear, say, you know you're going to be great, bro. You just got to focus on this. When you do nice, kind gestures, when you say, hey, uh, when that student that came really, really early, because maybe their parent had to work 
and you go grab breakfast, but then you bring breakfast back for that kid. And they'd be like, oh, hey, did you eat today? Oh, no, I didn't. And you just hand them some food out of the kindness because you know they didn't eat. Those are the things they remember. Because I hear it in conversation and, and they they joke with each other. They'd be like, you know, he liked me more. He bought me breakfast. I'd be like, y'all stop saying that. But those are the those, <laughs> those are the, the uh kind gestures and and then the 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 sweet nothings of hey, I told one kid he he started to teach himself how to write music. So he's he's writing fanfares for the band now. He's found the program Muse Score and downloaded it on his uh, school laptop. And I'm literally writing music here and he's on my desk and somebody took a picture of it and it looked like two colleagues working together. And for me, it touches me because I see me now, but then I also see my future. You feel what I'm saying? So I see my influence in this kid and, and I'm telling him, and as I'm encouraging myself, cause you know, at times as directors, we be hard on ourselves, but yeah. I'm looking at the impact of this kid, but I'm also telling this kid right here, hey, you know you're going to be better than me, right? And he's looking at me like, nah, not you, Mr. Mitchell, because he thinks I'm the GOAT, but nah, I, I see something in you, and I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a invest into you something that's great. That's how that's how we're going to be remembered. Our, our funeral is going to be packed, and there's going to be stories that many people will never know. Man, Mr. Mitchell bought me food, man. Mr. Mitchell bought me shoes, man. I was homeless, man, and it was, Mr. Mitchell prayed for me. It's such and such. That's, that's that's what this profession should be about. Not about entertaining and clicks and likes, bro. Because, tro- like you say, trophies gonna come. But souls are here now. That's how I feel, bro. So. All right. You didn't, we, we didn't start leaking over into the uh, last topic, bro. God dang. Well, all right. Before, before we actually fully get into this, uh, let's go ahead and start it from... Now, we always do it. Welcome, everybody, to Talk That Talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversation about band, HBCU band culture, music, music education, and more. Go ahead and smash that like daddy, man. Just go ahead and don't even wait on it, man. Just just, just go ahead and tap it. Just twiddle with it. Put your finger on it, and there we go. Also, please make sure you subscribe to the Passionist Network and turn on notifications. This episode will be up on all your podcasts and networks. Just type in Talk That Talk, except for on Apple Podcasts, where you can type in Real Talk That Talk. Also, if you're watching us on Facebook, you can come on over to the YouTube, go ahead and subscribe, hit the notification, then go back to Facebook, do what you're doing, all right? Uh, also, this is going to be the last one. Uh, it really was two, but I'm going to merge them together to make one. Um, and so I'm going to be putting the link inside of the chat. I'm going to be pinning it in there. So if you want to come in and talk that talk with us. Uh, the link will be in there for you to do so. All right, here we go. Has the world truly forgotten about the kids? Has the world <laughs> truly forgotten about the kids? You got this one. Well, uh, okay, I'll take it. I'll start it off, and then okay. and then you can. I have you. You alley you, but I don't. There you go. So I'm gonna say it like this, and I and everybody who's out there listening, who's watching right now, who's gonna be watching later, I implore you. I want you guys to go watch a show on Hulu. It's a documentary on Hulu. It's called The Orange Years. Um, if you haven't watched that yet, I want you to go go watch it. Matter of fact, when you get off. 
When you stop watching us, I want y'all to go watch it right now. Uh, it's about a, I think it's about an hour long, maybe an hour and a half. The reason why I'm sending you to watch it, I'm not going to necessarily tell you what it is, but so those those people who are my age and a little bit a little bit younger, not that that younger, but a little bit younger and a little bit older, um, you'll realize the connection that you have to it and how much it means to you. But what you realize in that is that during during that whole documentary, the focal point was the kids. The focal point was how do we connect with children? How do we keep them young? I feel like the world has truly forgotten about kids. Kids are not the focal point anymore. We can go through many a different avenues when we start, you know, deep diving into this thing. And everything that we do, from social media to to our music, and I'm gonna be honest, to school. School ain't really about the kids. School's about the dollar. If we just keeping it 100 percent we're growing our children up too quick. We're finding more and more ways to make them older before their time. And even, and I got to say it, I got daughters. If I go back and I look at how kids dressed when I was younger, young girls, how they dressed when I was younger, to what I see some parents putting on our young girls now at 10, 11, 12. It's embarrassing. We're trying to grow our kids up way too quick. So no, I, 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 I don't think the, I, I think the world has truly forgotten about kids. So that's my answer. Slam dunk it for me. I have to agree. It's not about the kids. It's about test scores. And if it was truly about the kids, then we would we would care about the child holistically. Meaning, we would care about critical thinking. And what does that look like? We would, because uh, old folks used to say common sense ain't too common, but common sense is a skill that must be taught. And we're not teaching kids to think, to have a sense of discernment. We're not teaching kids to truly, to say, hey, I need you to learn self-control, to hold your emotions intact because a wrong decision can have a life's consequence. We're not teaching kids to truly have their own thoughts and to respect other people's thoughts and opinions, even if you disagree. We're not doing that. We're teaching towards a test. We're not having, we're not truly uh, emphasizing the arts and the humanities anymore to create well-rounded people. We just want to make sure that they can, you know, 
the old folks say reading, writing, and arithmetic. That's it. But we're not truly teaching the kids why. Like for all teachers, when you when you uh, do your lesson plan, you have to put the objective, and now they want you to re reiterate the objective to the student. This is why you're doing this. Students will be able to X Y Z. But you're not you're not teaching the kid financial literacy. One that lives in poverty. You're not teaching them that hey, I know you got a credit card right now, but don't spend over thirty percent of it. You're not, we're not doing those things. And in certain situations, we're allowing piss poor behavior in the school system and allowing it to be normalized, not realizing that at the end of the day, that behavior that you're exhibiting in school will not be tolerated in, in, uh, in the real world. So no, we've, we've forgotten about the kids. But the real ones haven't, and that's why we, we grieve. That's why a lot of us have depression and we deal with it because we see the path of some of these kids, unfortunately. Man, when you teach in the hood, you can look at it and you pray, but you'd be like, she may have a baby before she graduates because she wants to be loved. She don't have it. He really not like that. He really not living like that. He got to act like that to walk home. And I know why he has that weapon. It's because he's afraid when he go home. I know why he would, those kids, because he wants to be, he wants to feel belong. And he really a crash dummy. We see all of it because we've been there. The social pressure, you know what I'm saying? Living in, urban neighborhoods, or even on the flip side, when you live in an affluent area, how you feel like you got to keep up with the Joneses. It's not about the kids, man. It's not about that, bro. It wasn't about the kids a long time ago. We don't have those teachers that really call your parent and be like, hey, they cutting up. We, we misdiagnose African-American boys with ADHD and put them on these pills. And it's a whole system that we could get into that's, that's deep. But can I say this? That's why we fall in love with HBCU so much. Because at the HBCU level, you kind of still got that. I never forget a professor called my mama and was like, he ain't been to class in three days. My mama had, my mama got on me. You know how my mama get down. She got on me and wouldn't play. But we don't have that anymore because you got to watch what you say in public school system. How many times a kid has to be written up before you put them out? So now they didn't mess up your whole environment. I've, I've seen good kids literally turn bad because of the environment in the school. How about the kids that was really good and it was like, but you don't do it to such and such? I'm just saying, bro. We can go on and on about this. Bro, you hit him line. <laughs> and about the kids, man. You hit so it many. Should be. You hit so many nails on the head, dog. We build a whole house with that. Listen. So <laughs> um I, I I first thing I'm gonna say is I remember I got so frustrated when I was teaching at Beaumont because of the system, the situation of 
parents. Parents don't, in a lot of cases, especially in urban social, low socioeconomic areas, don't want to be parents, and a lot of them don't even try to be. They still trying to be the kid friend. And what we used to piss me off is I would sit here and I would try to teach these kids and, and, and invest in these kids and teach them moral values. And I think I put up on Facebook one day I got so frustrated because I'm like, we do all this for them to go re- get reprogrammed as soon as they get, get home. As soon as, as soon as they leave and we feel like we got them, we feel like we got a hold of them, they go and get reprogrammed as soon as they get to the crib. And it just used to, it used to infuriate me. And then you say something, man, um, that, that hit the nail on the head too. Uh, and, and it was my, my wife tagged, well, didn't tag it. She liked the post, but it's actually from a, a friend of ours. And it said, and I'm going to read this. I'm not going to read the, the, the whole thing. Parents of teens, please dismantle the lie and cliche and please dismantle these lie and cliche phrases of do whatever makes you happy. And if you don't feel like doing it, don't. That's one of the biggest problems that we are telling our young people now. Do whatever makes you feel happy. And if you don't like it, you ain't got to do it. What are we teaching kids? Once again, I think that we're growing them up too fast. You don't, I'm sorry. Let me just go ahead and put this out here. When I, when I got into the classroom, I would tell my students as soon as they walk in and, 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 and maybe I was wrong for this. I don't care if I was wrong for this because my students understood you don't got no rights in this classroom. The world and told y'all that y'all can come in here and say and do and act however you want. No, 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 no. You don't have rights when you come in here. This is my classroom. I control it the way I choose to control it. Period. Point blank. Now you can either get with it or you can go sign up with somewhere else. But the problem is I've watched too many kids come in and say, Mr. Luke, you can't say that. Who said I can't say that? You need to hear it because ain't nobody else saying it to you. Kids got way too much control. And we, we have loosened the reins as adults, as parents, as administrators. We've given all the power to kids. Let me say this, bro. Not to cut you off. If, if you was finished, bro. I wasn't, but you can go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I see the fire in your eyes, bro. Go ahead. No, nah, man. It just, it just, it, 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 it infuriates me, bro, because I can't for the life of me understand where we, where as adults, we decided to give up our power, one. But two, when, when at what point did we say, we are going to allow our kids to do and say and act however they want to act. My mama, look here. I've told this story many a times. I didn't want to be in band. I didn't have a choice. My mama said, pick your instrument. That's what you're sticking with. But now that's not what you can... That's not what happens now. 
Oh, you don't like it, baby? Oh, it's so right. Kind of messes that, man. So, but I think kids are smart enough to know that nothing is going to happen. Exactly. That's 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 really the bottom line. And I'm I'm gonna give you the story of this parent. A parent told me um, they had a they had a child, a young boy, and he begged. He said, "Ma, I want to play saxophone. Ma, I want to play saxophone." I was like, "That's stupid. You should have played trumpet first of all." But he wanted to play saxophone. Whatever. And parent got him a saxophone because he said, "I like jazz." Okay, whatever. So you want to do saxophone. He was doing saxophone and he realized it was hard. He quit. His parents allowed him to quit. Next year, he said, well, I'm going to join a football team. Quit. Eighth grade year, he said, well, I'm going to join a basketball team. Quit. That parent said one of the biggest regrets is they allowed their child to quit because it it planted a seed in that child that they have the option to quit. What people fail to realize is in young kids, when you give them certain things too early, it could destroy them. And as parents, sometimes we destroy certain aspects of our kids and create created heartache for either their husband, their future husband, or future wife because we planted the seeds that they can quit. Not realizing certain things in life, bro, you just can't quit. You can't quit. You got to be like that poem. You see it through. I don't quit. I don't quit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not about to spit it, but... Then you, you roll something with roll the all the people, funds a little, that's how one smile happens. Don't, don't let me go through this. All right. Don't, don't quit. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't... We don't, we don't, we don't understand that. And I think for this generation, because if we're just going to be honest, I think our parents did the best they could with the knowledge that they have. So we should honor them for that. Growing up in segregation mentally, bro, that's, that's difficult. My mother was born in 55. They were still having public, public lynchings during that time. My mother could tell you the story of receiving books, a brand new edition. It may be a fifth edition book, but when she opened it, it was all people names in it. And when she got a fifth edition, the people across town got a seventh edition. Mentally, that'll do something to you. So they did the best that they could. And some of us in the generations didn't want to do exactly because we didn't understand our parents because our parents really didn't talk. Not everybody. No, I, 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 I'm sorry. I, I didn't want to cut you off because you, you're, you're going in a great direction. Uh, now, go ahead. Go ahead and finish. I don't want to cut you off. I don't want to kill you. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. So, so what happened was we then did a, a straight 180 in rearing parents because some of the things that they gave us, that sometimes that toughness of, because my mom used to tell me, hey, I'm a single parent. You don't know what I've endeavored through on a job. I've worked construction. I've been an officer. I've done all type of jobs to make sure that you ate. You're a black male. You have no excuses. See that shit through. That toughness 
allows me to be who I am today. Sometimes as parents now, we didn't want to rear them that hard because then we justified it. Well, it's, it, you know, they, 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 they're going to, they're going to, they're going to grow into it. And sometimes we coddled them more. And in the process of coddling, like we had to show about mental health. Now they're smart enough to be like, oh, I could say I'm depressed and I can use it and I, I ain't got to do what it, what it is. Because we know as educators, you say any of those words, mental, mental rest, suicide, or anything like that, it's, it's automatic hands off. So now you're using these particular things for your benefit. If a baby cries loud enough, we know you're going to either try to feed it, change it, or play with it. Same thing. We we still have these kids with these baby mentalities getting over on the system. So we turned it around with this 180 and we raised softer kids to a degree that, that some of them can't endeavor through anything. Now, everything that some of them older traditions that went on and banned and certain things, yeah, you could take them out because it wasn't about building the better person. But you tell me Hazen is doing push-ups? No wonder you pass them out on the field. What I found out, bro, these kids in this time, they just want the opinion or the op not the opinion, but the option to quit. That's it. And we gave it to them as adults. Man, you said a mouthful. Um as parents. Our generation of parents, I, I don't disagree with nothing you said, but I also think that our generation of parents was like pretty basically what you said. I don't I don't want to treat my kid this way, the way I got treated. Oh, I'm sorry. Unless you were just like thrown in a <laughs> like and I gotta use this analogy and I and I and I wanna use this analogy, but I gotta use it because my wife made me watch all the daggone episodes. Unless you was thrown under the stairwell like Harry Potter or something and treated that bad, you alright. You good. You made it. You still survived. And you have enough enough in you and enough fight in you and enough understanding of how the world works based on the way that you were reared when you were younger. But like you said, because now we want to throw around these trauma words and all that kind of stuff. Now it's the major issue. Now I don't want to treat me. Listen here. If anybody ever comes to my house, I'm telling you now, Quan, if you ever come to my house, you ain't going to see my kids with no PlayStation 5. My kids play Wii, Genesis, Nintendo 64, and Super Nintendo. Hey, real talk. If they want to put twenty dollars on Mario Kart, I'm down. I'm just letting you know. They messed up my Mario Kart Wii, man. I gotta go buy another one. So first of all, what I'm gonna do is, and I'm saying it publicly, when I get paid, not this check, but whenever I get it, I'm gonna mail you a Super Nintendo, the small console that has it on there. No, we got the Super Nintendo, game. Daddy. We got the Super Nintendo, Daddy. You got the one. We got the Nintendo, the, the Super Nintendo, the sixty-four, and no, Genesis ain't got no Wii. No, Genesis got the small one, though, with all the games on it. We got one, but it ain't enough. I think it's like 40-something so, games on there. So watch this. Watch this. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Watch this, though. And you should buy my PS5. Watch Tight. this, though. Nope. I had a parent. I had a parent 
at they last at the last charter school we was at together, they uploaded Buku more games. I got 180 games on mine on my Super Nintendo. See, I don't have the. I don't have. I got the actual cartridges. I need to get one. Like I have my yeah. actual Super Nintendo, but I got my cartridges. Like, nah, you. you but no, I know you can. No, I, no, no, no. I'm not getting the small one because you know they make the. To. No, no, no. Listen, you know they make the cartridges with the games on there. That's how I got uh, all the games on my Nintendo 64. But that's what I'm saying. You do the Super Nintendo. You can load them from your computer. I don't want to do that. I don't want to buy something that I already have. I got it. No, no, you're missing it. No, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. You're saying buy the little mini cartridge and then you can load the games on there. What I'm telling you is they make like the cartridges with the games on there that you can load into your own actual Super Nintendo. So what it's I'm free. what I'm saying is what I'm the, the, the thing is not free to upload them is free. The console, yeah. the console isn't free. So the the, the console fifty dollars, Luke. But that's what I'm saying. The money I would pay for the cartridge to get all of the same games, just to put in my no. actual Super Nintendo. Nah, you, nah, you, nah, they, 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 nah. No, I man, get I'm what a, you're I'm saying. A, I'm a fa- I'm a FaceTime you. I'm a FaceTime I'm a sh- you. That's fine, and, and, and I'll like, show and you. I'm gonna show you all them games that I got. No, I, that's fine. But what I'm saying is, you're you're saying the exact same thing that I'm saying. But we're we're two we're in two different ways. That's all I'm saying. We're all we're right, saying the same thing. But we're talking about because we 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 got way off track. Okay. Golden Eye, Golden Eye. I got Golden Eye loaded. I'm gonna show you what it is. Super bases loaded. I'm gonna show you. And Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle in time. I'm gonna show you. Oh no, you're not gonna touch me on Turtles in time. That's my joint. But anyway, right. but uh, but no, my point that I was trying to make is my kids. The reason why I do that is because. I want my kids to have some of the same experiences that I had. I ain't trying to grow them up that quick. You're going to go through this process. You're going to get this regular Nintendo. You're going to get the Super Nintendo. Sometimes on Saturday morning, there's a YouTube page. There's a YouTube page that shows old Saturday morning cartoons. Me With the commercials in there, too. Me and my son will sit there and watch. Yes. it. Hey, listen. That's how I rock. Okay? My kids... My kids know about old guts episode or old gut shows. Me, absolutely. Send me that channel, bro. I, I got you. I got you. They they got the old commercial. Me and we be watching them old My Little Pony commercials and creepy crawlers and all them all them old commercials that used to come on. And it's all grainy too. Yep, yeah, I'm telling you. But that's but that's how you build character with him. Same right. same but, way, bro. But that's but 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 that's my point. You know. I, I just think that we're, we're as as a culture and as a people are trying to grow our kids up too quick. And we don't think about we don't think about the effects that this this stuff can have on our kids. And, and I think that that's we don't let kids be kids. That is my biggest problem. What happened? What is wrong with letting allowing kids to literally be kids? Like I told you all before, why? Why did my daughter get invited to a party that was Stranger Things? Uh, that was a Stranger Things theme. My daughter is ten. Ten, bro. Hey, you, hey, you know, uh, I never really, I never really got, and like I saw three episodes and I stopped. I never really got into it. I'm gonna have you, to slap you. Stranger Things is amazing. All right, man, we gotta let some people in, uh, because they've been sitting down here this whole time. They've been laughing at us. I'm gonna let both of them in at the same time. <laughs> Uh, so here we go, man. We got Crystal and Justin coming in. Yeah. Hey, 
Come on, say. You're going to mess some people's lives up. Justin, Justin, you got kids, man. That's why y'all know. Listen, kids, yeah. uh, see, until you spend all that money on some stuff and kids go find the box that your Amazon shit came in and then they go down in the basement and play with that shit for five hours straight uninterrupted. And you don't spend six hundred dollars on the game, sister. You understand where we come from. Kids don't need much to be fucking happy. We just think they need the newest or whatever because you know our parents raised us to want to keep up with the Joneses, and we still pass that shit down to our kids. Listen, the best toys my son ever get is some shit that he can create something infinitely with. So don't, God damn it, Dwight. <laughs> Yeah, listen, you don't, you don't understand. You'll spend all that shit, and then next thing you know, your kid's playing with the damn shoeboxes and markers. And you're like, what the hell? I just spent $1,000 on your birthday, and you playing with the box that all the shit came in? You don't understand. You, it's a waste of time, because what it's doing is our kids don't have no imagination no more. No, listen, listen, listen. This is relevant. I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not disagreeing with you. This shit is. I, I can picture Luke kids and that motherfucker asking him, "What is what is PBS? <laughs> what is like? What is what is fucking what is What's like, the puzzle place? <laughs> they do though. They do. I, I, they know it. They know it. Don't you make your kids watch Young and the Restless too? Oh no, nah, we that's that's old grandma because now. If you were staying at home with grandma now. Well, I ain't doing that tomorrow. Nah, there's a there's a point. That's you gotta know who Victor is, bro. Nah, I'm good. Nah, nah. When you hear that I'm music good. hit, when you come home, you know you're never gonna get to see nothing you want to see. That's gonna be nah. on the VCR. Yeah, I'm dating myself, and they're gonna be watching a whole week's worth of Young and the Restless. Uh, the Price yeah, is Right. You gonna as the world turns. Yeah, Hospital. Yeah, all of them. Nah, I'm all good. I wanted to watch was Batman animated series when I came home. That's all I Thank wanted, you. but they were still watching them damn young and restless. Yeah, I was like, I, hey. get, I get what y'all are saying, man, because I, I I I tell my partners with kids, like I already know when I do have kids, like the the until they maybe like five or maybe to appreciate stuff like Jordans and stuff like that, you Walmart out. And if you run around the house, it's gonna be some Walmart shoes or whatever it is. Jesus, I My son still don't care. He in middle school. Thank you. I don't. I'm not buying all that stuff. Listen, look at look at here. I'm if, like, dude, you don't even match. Are you going to school? If my kids can put their feet in it and it walks and it protects their feet, my 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 kid is my son is good. They my daughter care. is good. They don't care about that stuff. You know the people who middle care about school. You know the people who care you about that good. stuff. That's we hard, do. Justin. We teach that. My Man. son can give a damn as long as he got the toys that he liked to play with and the games that he liked to play with. Crystal, I was the, I was the poor kid at school, and I say poor poor. If I didn't, if I listen, poor, I know it didn't like come from nothing. I know my I, son I is understand. Listen, my it, son is spoiled AF, and he doesn't care. I understand what it's like. To like well, y'all were saying something earlier on the show that it kind of, it kind of, I forget what it was. It kind of touched because Luke with the games, you made me go, you made me start laughing. But it, y'all were saying something about um, like the kids having like the ability, like to do whatever they want to, or something like that. But I was, I was thinking from 
um, the standpoint of like the kids that y'all not talking about. Like y'all not talking about the kids that all right, like Quine, you said the kid that always brag about you buying them breakfast. He like me, you know what I'm saying? Stuff like that, like whatever. I'm his favorite, it's just like that. I was one of them kids, you know what I'm saying? But the 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 probably the, the point is I probably really needed that breakfast, you know what I'm saying? Because I probably didn't eat last night. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I'ma say, I'ma say sometimes we don't give kids enough credit for we we assume all kids the same when because a lot of y'all was y'all was gonna ham by the kids about how like they don't appreciate this and how they doing this how we can never do this back in my day but they have some kids amongst that bunch that's really not like that you know what I'm saying that that's you really facts, Justin. I, 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 I was one of them I, like everybody got new, new school new new, new, new new shoes for school but I had to wear the same ones I, I wore before my personality who I was always prevailed the just we gonna hang with Justin because he's a cool nigga you know what I'm saying but I'm looking like I will hang with y'all you know getting something for Christmas you know what I'm saying so I just want to say in a sense don't 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 assume all kids the same in this in this day and age because they're not trust me they're not now watch. Like when I go to these high schools, I can like pinpoint the kids who remind me of myself. And, and whether it be just not having or, or just appreciative of being here, but still bad as hell. You know what I'm saying? I don't know who's bad, but it's the ones you can pull out that if you just told them this, all right, I'll bring you to, you get some good grades, I'll bring you to a Saints game, something like that, will change their whole life. You know what I'm saying? So every kid ain't the same. We can't, we can't just, gun hole and say they are and these parents nowadays which is we are parents nowadays it's sad it's like sometimes you know y'all say y'all parents were doing the best they could it, it comes to a point in the kid life where i can speak for myself and where I, where I come from what i just knew that my parents didn't know and and exactly. and, and whether and whether it, it, it came from me at school or it came from me like in the street in the project, I grew up in the project. So it's it's mom well, gonna make sure I have something even when I get home, if if there is something even when I get home. Or she gonna make sure like I have like the the, the bad necessities, but I know she'll know what X over Y is. She don't. You know what I'm saying? And it's up to me to wanna I can't ask the niggas on the block who who cool what that is. They're gonna be like, you don't need that. Come do this. You gonna make them sense. So sometimes, like we, we go hard about what the kids not doing. Is some kids up in there who who just lost and trying. I think we need to give those kids like a little more credit. You know what I'm saying, Luke? Like the kid will appreciate. I'm, I'm over here saying like with the PS5. I Luke. You mean to tell me uh, I got YouTube when I go by Luke House? You know what I'm saying? You gonna teach me about for real? Like there's kids in today's day and age. And just want a way. And sometimes they don't know that they're at a, they're at a disadvantage because you might got the, 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 the poor kid who pulled Michelin. Mom might buy him everything, but he behind in school. You know what I'm saying? He really won't know how to read, but nobody at home to teach him how to, how to read because his mama got to work all day in a single parent home. They got the one who just who just bad because he, he don't have anything. Or nobody's showing him attention. You know what I'm saying? It's so many different kind of kids. We can't assume all of them the same because everybody parents the situation. Sometimes we need to, to focus on these teachers to get to know their kids. Because Luke, I'm pretty sure every bag you was in, if I could walk in your bedroom right now, you can name almost every kid in the bag. Krista, I know you probably could. Quiet, it's not like you having a choice. You didn't try. But they got some band directors. I can say, who the little dude is on third who keep hanging over? I bet all y'all can tell me who he is. I bet y'all can tell me. But it's some 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 band directors or some program they trickle down the football and stuff like that too. Best kid on on a team don't have cleats. 
You know what I'm saying? But see, but see the thing what, is, well, I know because hold on, hold on right quick, Kwan, because I know he 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 kind of addressed me more than once, and I I'll let you get you. I'm just gonna say this, and I'm gonna let Kwan go ahead and get it. Um, as educators, man, we know, you know what I'm saying? We know who those kids are, you know. So when we when we're talking, we're not speaking on every single kid, you know. We know that there are some exceptions to the rules. I know when many a times because you know I would I would we would have snacks in my, in the band room because sometimes uh, when we were finished with a game, we ain't had a, the money that uh, the athletes had. So we had, I had to have some snacks available for those kids. But there were times during the, during the day where some kids were like, Hey, Mr. Luke, man, uh, I, I, I'm hungry, man. I, I, you, can I have some of the snacks? Man, go ahead. You know what I'm saying? Like I know, and as an educator and as a band director, we know who, who our kids are and those kids who are going through those specific situations, those those kids who do have those parents who, who are struggling. And because some of those parents will actually talk to you. Like, they'll they'll come to you and they'll say, hey, you know, Mr. Luke, man, you know, we we, we kind of struggling on rent this month or something like that, that that will let you know that, okay, we I understand what the issue is. Let me let me look out for little Johnny. Let me let me chunk him a little five dollars, you know what I'm saying, or or whatever he needs, you know. So I don't think that I don't think that we're 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 lambasting, you know, every single kid. But there are some situations where it's just abysmal. You know what I'm saying? So I think that I think that the minority, the minority of kids that, that you're talking about, we always pay attention to and we always have respect for, you know, but then there are a lot of the majority of those other situations that, uh, you know, uh, so Quan, uh, I, I go Quan, Crystal, and there we go. Let's do it that way. So, so, so Justin, what you're talking about is what in education we would call unpacking their backpack, getting to know them. Like, so first of all, I know the kids, real talk, who got roaches. If, if I turn paying my camera to the left of my office, I have deodorant, I have feminine products. And we also have a, what's called a wraparound specialist that that's her job to do, like to go do house visits and whatnot and different things like that. But specifically for my band kids, like they know, and Mr. Mitchell, like I just called the Metro. I called three buses. Like I didn't need breakfast today. Like I'm hungry. Like we have that too. This this is this is the story that really changed my life, and I'm gonna be quick as possible. I had a kid who I was teaching in the hood. They kept going to sleep in my class. Now we had 90 minute classes in middle school, and I had to ask him. I say, say, bro, like, what is your problem? Like, you always sleeping in my class. He said, Sir, my mother's a prostitute. He said, I wake up in the morning bathe my siblings, drive them, I mean, catch three buses, go across town. By the time I catch the bus back here, I was already up at four o'clock. I'm just tired. I told him, I say, sleep 45 minutes in this class. Do this assignment and you're going to be straight with me. And because the other teachers, they wouldn't have taken the time, you know, to get to know that kid. Became one of my best students ever. Now he's graduated, went to the armed services, you know, he's doing his thing. What you're saying, if more teachers, bro, take the time to get in to know their kids, like, you know, bro, you know that kid with that smell. You know that kid, like, when they wear them same clothes. You know that young lady when she when she just ain't right. You could look at some of these kids' teeth and be like, you got gum disease, bro. Let, let's let's go. Like, why why are you got a, um, what's the word, a, a paper clip on your glasses? Let me take you to the front office to get you a glasses voucher. Different things like that. That's the teachers who care. The unfortunate thing, bro, just like band directors in the hood, you have revolving doors with teachers, and they look at them like, 
stepping stools. I got my certificate. I'm gone. Because in the hood, you always going to have an opening. And you don't have to always, quote, unquote, be certified to see that through school. And as soon as they get their paper, they be gone, bro. But I agree with what you're saying, though. Like, but yeah, we, we got to get to know them. And, and, tell you, and some of the people who will be in, the main ones, amen, and about the, with the kids, you know, Luke, every time you say something about, like, I'm going to always go and be like, well, like somebody on here last week talking about the teacher or something, the teacher ain't teaching us. I don't know. I'm like, bro, like, I can walk in your in your program or your school and understand that you ain't paying attention to this person. Are you ain't paying attention to, to, these, to these students? Like, they, some students reach out for help without saying it. You know what I'm saying? And it's your job to catch them, and then there'll be the bad apple that you're trying to put out the out the band. Well, all they really did, they was here for a reason. But anyway, Chris, you, I, I feel like you got some good to say. You over there with that mama look. <laughs> no, uh, no, don't do me like that, Justin. No, I'm feeling you. See, see, and then we we do a bad job at judging books by uh, perceived cover. I ain't even gonna say the cover. I'm gonna say perceived cover. Like even on this, um, I hate the narrative that. Poor kids are like this. Because I was the poor kid that nobody knew it was poor. I knew how to hide it real well. I knew how to get straight A's. I knew how to stay off the radar. Because for real, poor kids, when you ain't got an address, back in my day, you're not trying to let the uh, the, the office know you don't live in that zone. You're not trying to. We had a cover story on a cover story. We, Me and my sister, we get called to the office. Hey, we don't have your papers. Oh, we just moved from out of town. And um, our transfer stuff ain't come in. And we ride that story for about two or three weeks. Then they realize we really don't know where we live. And then we had a new school. I kid you not, I probably have attended about 12, 13 uh, elementary school. And then I'm that kid that didn't go to school for like two years. Like, forget showing up. Like, I would show up. My mom would drop us off at a class, at a school, random school. we go in with a story. Mirror follow around for about two weeks and then tell it was the gig was up. So what I don't always like is these kids look like this. No, sometimes these kids look like the smartest damn kid in the classroom because mm-hmm. you learn how to adapt when you poor. That's real talk. You learn how to stay because you can't have the people coming for you. You're not trying to go DJS. You're not trying to be in, in one of those group homes. Like, you get real savvy, and sometimes the poor kid is the smartest kid in the classroom, the quiet kid, the kid that know how to go into the bathroom and straighten himself up real good and not look like they need help. I I kid you not, I'm sure I went about two or three years and people didn't even know we didn't have an address. So, but I don't like sometimes in the band, our culture narrative is that poor kids are kids that are out there who are about to rob everybody. That was the least of my worries. My worries was like, I'm trying to eat. I'm trying to be warm. I'm, I like school because it's safe. Like, that's real. Justin, like, what? I don't mean to cut you off. I went to Walker. <laughs> We'd arrived you. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I, 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 I can help my phone, but we had some, man, hey, I'll be sitting on bricks if it wasn't too long. But they got, they got all kinds of stories. So I'm going to say that narrative, man. Listen, I went to I went to the only school that was really open after Katrina. You understand what was going on in that atmosphere? You, know you do know I'm from Southeast D.C., right? I, I just want you to know that they, they, got some, they got some dudes in this South, band. No, let me give you a culture word. I said Southeast. 
I didn't say Southeast, Southeast DC, where mm-hmm. they don't get the body until the sun come up. So I hear you, but see, that's more that, that narrative. I just think when I always say we're not monolithic and our approach can't be monolithic. And sometimes we think like the, the kid who's poor is this way. And really the kid who's poor is this way. Like, we got to treat individuals like individuals. And sometimes, uh, no cap, some of these band directors are using that as an excuse to do whatever the F they want. No cap. Amen. Some of these band directors use that poor narrative to to push their own agenda with the kids. And the kids comes back to the hood just as poor as they left. They ain't leave. That's not what I wanted. I wanted you to help me so I don't have, if I come back, I come back with some tools and some help. I ain't want to leave just as dumb and poor as I was when I left. So when we say, oh, they in marching band to do this, yeah, that sounds great. Like, that's a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound to a poor kid. Like, are the lights going to stay on forever? That's that's the type of dreams I used to have. Are the lights going to stay on forever? Is the food going to be in the refrigerator forever? Or am I coming back with a moment where I was happy for a moment and those moments matter, but eventually it gets cold at night. You sleep in a car in DC at night. I don't care about how many good notes I played. Them hunger pains hit and reality is right back in your face. You still don't feel safe where you live. You still don't have food. You still don't have proper clothes. You still can't get proper hygiene. You still back where you came from. So I'm just here to call cap. Some, you know, some folk capping. Oh, I'm doing all this for the kids. I was like, well, if you're doing this all for the kids, where that fundraiser so you can keep that little green bin in your classroom full. Like, if that's if you're doing it for the kids, if these trophies for the kids, where's that sponsor a band kid fund? Now, I'm not saying there are people who do it, but when you ask them, oh, we in competitions because we need this for the program. I'm like, yeah. But if you got those type of kids, Justin, those me's and you's, you know damn well at the end of the day, how many whole notes I played in a row ain't gonna keep me warm at night. Like Lucas, Lucas had so many points earlier. It was just like I know for sure a lot of these kids know better. I know better, and I know if 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 I can find an easy way out, and if they gonna give me an easy way, I'm gonna take it. But I know better. You know what I'm saying? I, even though I had my situation. I was terrified of my grandmother. You know what I'm saying? Like when I say terrified, I lived five fold. I've been a big kid. You know what I'm saying? Like terrified. That, that gives that's just a, the different. But I'm not going to act like I didn't know for real, for real. Like I, I was terrified out of respect. But, but Justin, our kids, our kids terrified of adults anymore. They're not. That's my point I was making. I was saying for real. I wasn't. I wasn't. I was more. Out of respect, but I knew for sure, for sure, she couldn't really do me nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I never wanted to not go to school and cut school and go hang with the niggas on the corner. I know I could. So I'm just uh, just putting it in today's world where I know it's, and I've graduated high school in ten, really not that long ago, it was 10 years, but it's like I watched it change. So like, from my whole thing in the in college, I watched it like, they're not too different, but it's like, damn, when I was in school, I knew I'd probably call child protection if somebody hit me. I just know it's 10 times worse now. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I don't know, man. I I I feel you. I feel you. It's like you gotta. Not every kid you can make an excuse for, and some kids really know right from wrong. You know what I'm saying? But 
every kid not the same. I guess that's what I just want to say. But you know, it's hard to call nowadays. It's, you want to discipline them, you can't discipline them, and you you could you can get a kid straight. But you know, as soon as he go home, everything you taught him in school go out the window. Whether that be from the song that he learned at school, whether that him being right and listening. And the worst part, we all know this. I taught for three years. I know it's sad that a kid will listen to me. But he wouldn't listen to his parents at all. Like, I'm to call you to get him right. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know, but I can keep rambling. Y'all go ahead. Uh, all right. Um, Chuck, what you got for us, bro? I know, I know you've been waiting for a while. And then, uh, so we're going to go Chuck and then Brother Malik. All right. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, we got you. All right. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, I was just, uh, I mean, I definitely touched on some good points, man. One of the things that, that stuck out or really just, in this conversation, you know, recently is, you know, I always try to tell my students that we're not only, you know, educating them, but the parents and the community as well, too, not only musically, but also in terms of like working together to build their child to be the best child. You know, I always say that in all of our parent meetings and, you know, if I have an issue with a student, then I make sure that I try to, I try to even, even before, even if, you know, kids just doing something well, I'll try to call that parent and let them know like, Hey, they had a good day today, you know, keep encouraging them and and let them know that we're, that we're all on the same page. And, you know, I'm not only building the relationship with the kid, cause like Justin said, man, I, I've had some parents call me like, man, you just had my kid run 20 laps today, but they won't lift the finger at home. And I always tell them, cause I don't give them an option. It's not an option. This is exactly what you're doing when you come into my classroom. And in this practice, there is expectations and consequences if we don't follow those expectations. Um, and so I tell the parents, like, y'all, and, and this goes into when y'all were talking about the video games. I had a student that his dad was deployed in Afghanistan, and his dad had just got remarried. So it was the stepmom and this 17, 16, 17-year-old boy. And y'all know, you know, and, and uh, we, you know, if you, if you got sons, it's a little bit different than girls, you know, it's a little bit different than girls. And sometimes the, the young line or the young, you know what I'm saying? The prince tries to poke his chest out a little bit, you know, um, and, and, and there's a moment with that. And so as, 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 you know, raises, uh, raises of young men, um, you know, you got to nip that in the butt early. So anyways, he was just cutting a fool. And not listening to the mom. And I said, what is that son? I was like, what has he got in this room? She's like, what do you mean? I was like, you got a TV? She's like, yeah. I was like, take that out. You got a video game? Take that out. And so that same kid, his name was uh, one of my former students, um, and played tuba in college as well. He was like, Mr. Connor, he's like, you know what my mom did? I said, what? He's like, man, she took everything out of our room. I was like, yeah, I know. I told her to. You know, he's like, what? And I was like, yeah, I told her to do that. I was like, because you need to get yourself it together. And we never had an issue out of that kid, you know, again. And so I just think it's important that we have to, we work with kids, we have to build a relationship with their parents and, and educate them as well, too. Like at the beginning of our concerts, a lot of us directors, we always talk about flash photography being off so it doesn't distract the people on the stage, but also about 
you know, um, decorum, clapping in certain areas and things like that. Or, or I always talk about the opening of a concert is normally with a concert march to build attention and excitement. You know, that, that's why even at festivals, they don't even really judge the march. You know, it doesn't, they don't want it to sound horrible. They don't judge it, but it's tradition to start off just like the fanfare, you know, or the opener you know, to grab the attention like the preview. And so, you know, I talk about those things with my parents so they're aware, like, oh, this is why we do this. This is why we don't. And so, again, just building that relationship with the parent is very important, you know. And, and y'all are talking about those games. It's, 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 it's crazy, man. I always make my kids play them old school games just so they can understand, like, um, where things have come from. And, and I had to laugh, like, a month ago. I think I made a post about it. My son was in the room playing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and he was just frustrated and getting angry, and I was laughing my tail off. I was like, God, I remember being frustrated with those. But it's just, you know what I'm saying? It's just it's just about perspective. Oh, shoot. I accidentally hit the wrong button. But you're, you're absolutely right, man. Yeah. And, and building those relationships with those kids is necessary. And then going back to what you were saying about the, the games and stuff, that's why my kids ain't got no games in their room. The games that they play – are either downstairs in the living room or in the play area. They ain't got no TV, no game, no nothing. You got toys in your room. That's as much as you're going to get. My my son got a, a, a dresser with Power Ranger toys on there. He got a <laughs> lightsaber somewhere in there and a punching bag. That's as much as he get. You don't get nothing else. You don't get them privileges, and you're not going to get them privileges. I don't care how old you are. When you're ready to move up on out my house, then, sure, you can get those privileges, but not until then. I ain't uh-uh. No, 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 no. Right, because we, because we see it. I've got this one kid that he's half sleep all the time, and he lives with his grandma. Now his grandma's sweet as pie, but she old. She ain't she monitoring all that stuff, right? And he'd be up watching wrestling and playing the game, and and I'd be like, bro, like how late you stay up? He's like, I'm sorry, Miss God, I fell asleep. Then I woke up and I couldn't get back to sleep because I was thinking about the game. I was like, man, I was like, you got to stop, man, because he's in bed. He's in my beginning bed class and he be just done. I'd be like, bro, you got to get some rest, man. Got to <laughs> get some rest. So, yeah, it's it's we got to monitor that stuff because if not, then, um, you know, it'll, it'll, It'll take over their lives, you know, it'll take over their lives. And I always tell my students, unplug from the matrix, unplug from the matrix, you gotcha. know, pay attention. This, this, you know, uh, I think Deion, Deion Sanders was getting on his players a couple of weeks ago. I think every game about them being on their phones at halftime, like be in the moment, be in the moment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I've been, I, I love that. I want to get Deion to speak to my kids, man. That's, that's a goal. Probably man. I want charge Deion to come talk to my kids, man. God. So All right. But yeah, uh, yep. I hope y'all doing well. We got one last game tomorrow. Congratulations. Um, and, and and we got and we got marching festival next week. So we 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 about to be done. You're almost there, brother. Done. You're almost there. Oh, we almost there. Yeah, <laughs> All right, y'all take it easy, guys. All right, bro. All right, peace. All right, Malik, what you got for us, brother? Yeah, man. What's up, y'all? Um, I'm Malik. Uh, I run the mix videos here on YouTube, and um. I was listening to Quan up there talking about um, that quote. I think he said a uh, quote by uh, W.B. Du Bois, um, something about poverty and exposure. And um, like uh, I, I, I grew up in kind of like an okay area, Stone Mountain, Georgia, and I grew up on a golf course. Now, I used to take my bike on there with my friends. We used to jump the little sand traps and ride on the green, you know, like some like some ignorant ass kids, man. And uh, 
you know, never, never was pushed out there to play, you know, golf by our parents or even, you know, friends, parents. And, you know, here I am, you know, in COVID and, um, you know, ain't no band stuff popping off and I learned how to play golf, you know, and all of a sudden it's my favorite game. You know, I grew up playing like baseball and stuff and, you know, really wasn't allowed to play football, but you know, that, that exposure stuff is like, it's like serious, man. Cause it's, it's like how, how much stuff could we have missed out on that we could have been good at, you know, as, as kids, but we wasn't, you know, our parents, our parents went out there golfing, you know, parents, you know, going to get the next woo woo. So, you know, I, I just, I think, I think that's, that's real important for kids nowadays to kind of be exposed to. And then uh, like in the band sense, um, the school down the street, um, we was in district honor band and all these kids playing like marches and stuff from like memory. And I'm just sitting over there like, like who the hell are they playing? All I'm going to play is like storm and sunshine, you know? And, um, you know, I went to my band right afterwards and I asked for like all this music, you know, he printed it out for me, scanned it for me and I'm able to, you know, play it. So the next year we meet up in district honor band, I can hang toe to toe with these kids that's playing all this stuff, but you know, it's like I wasn't exposed to it in the class, you know, because band director having to piggyback and teach people how to play a B flat scale and stuff, you know, so it's holding this uh holding this real players back from, you know, like going to that next level, man. So just all in all, I just want kinda want to just uh, you know, speak to that, uh what Quan's speaking about, man. I think our kids definitely need exposure in all these areas, like moving forward. I mean, and, and, and I will say this, too, and, and, and I got you, Justin. You know, exposure is necessary, not just even on the, on the secondary level, middle school, high school, whatever, but it's also necessary when you're talking about the university level. I think one of the things that, as a culture, historically by college and universities, when it comes to the band aspect of it, is that we only, and I'm not saying this is, this is happening everywhere and only, you know, certain areas are doing this, but we only teach as much that is is as required for ourselves especially when it comes to music educators when we're in those marching band situations and when we're in those wind ensemble situations or whatever we don't ever think about the fact that our kids have to go out and compete with the other kids that come from the predominantly white institutions that's getting a, a lot more information and that's getting a lot more exposure and i think that we shoot ourselves in the foot because after all the cranking up is over which goes back to a lot of the conversation we were having at the beginning as far as it, as, as it relates to entertainment. After all of that is over, you know, and all these people, 200-some-plus people who are in this a part of this program, you got your, you got your uh, kinesiotherapy majors and your, and your en- engineering majors, but we tend to forget about the music majors who have to, li- who have to leave and compete with all the other music majors to, from, from, from predominantly white institutions. And I think that we sometimes shoot ourselves in the foot when we don't expose our kids from all levels, you know, even at the historical black college and university. So you're absolutely right, man. Exposure is definitely necessary for all of our kids on all levels. Um, it, it, it makes us more well-rounded. It makes us to be, it gives us a, a way to be exposed to a lot more things, but it gives us a, a conversation piece with other people. And like you said, to be able to feel like we can hang with those people Cause you don't never want to be that guy who's in the room and you don't know what the heck is going on. You don't want to be that guy. But a lot of times we put ourselves in a position as a culture to be that guy. We're only comfortable around our own people. But then when we get around somebody else, we like, uh. that's why we shy away from them a lot. Cause we just it's like, like imposter syndrome. right. Absolutely. 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 It's almost like 
It's almost like I, I know I wanted to be exposed to almost everything because I like talking shit. That's just always <laughs> I don't want ever be not included in the conversation, especially when it comes to music. When I was a, when I was a student, I'm talking about so much. So I took a music appreciation class. I took a, the history of um, one of them classes. They were teaching us about like not so much the Bach and the Mozart. We learned in high school. Uh, we should learn in high school, but like different composers and like how how like some of your favorite rap songs are sampled from this classical piece that nobody would have never knew. But the the producer, he whole time he was at a performing art school. You know what I'm saying? He could just he he had the history to know where to grab something from from this march that you probably would have never played because you wouldn't. Oh, to not it's in your favorite rap song, and it's somebody who who knows what it is, I'll tell you what the real song is, and no, it's not. That's Lil Wayne. No, that's that's not. And you play it, you're like, oh my god. So I definitely, um, I definitely feel where you're coming from with that. Let me. This is my first time ever seeing you, Doc. I mean, nice see you. saw me on Crystal Show. You were on Crystal Show. Oh, she was on there. Yeah, yeah. He, he was no, on no, there. No, no. I, I ain't hardly get to talk on there because. <laughs> Everybody was just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 that's cool, yeah, man. But yeah, uh, I, oh, go ahead, Justin. Yes. Um, I said, uh, Portia must, must be getting ready to hit the road, huh? Oh, I don't know, I don't know. I, I haven't spoken with her. Usually, I, I will catch up with her, but I didn't get a chance to catch up with her this time. Uh, I think I only spoke to Maya, so I'll talk yeah. to Portia. I'll hit Portia. I saw it in, um, in the morning. They got the big uh for the battle. The yeah, the, the battle joint, right? Yeah, but they been out of ink Saturday. I'm going. Yeah, they, they ain't left yet. Then they don't usually leave for ink until like Friday, maybe <laughs> Saturday morning. How far it is? From Norfolk to to Durham, mm-hmm. I think if I'm not mistaken, it's like four hours, four or five hours. Oh, that ain't bad. I'm thinking it's far, far, far. Nah, it ain't that far. We we ain't never we never, to my knowledge, stayed over at A and T. We would go, probably get some food on the way, hit the game, daddy, and come on right back. We ain't never stayed. Yeah, it's it's tight. Yeah. We good. Hey, y'all, fam, you in it? That's what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> you with with the cold chicken box. <laughs> man, so Luke, what you what you thought about this weekend? It was a big weekend, man. You, you ain't watched nothing. What, what you, what you thought? Well, I already, I already see. You must have missed the beginning. I oh, see. I missed the beginning. Yeah. So I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on this. You just gonna have to go back and watch it. Uh, watch but it. I will say, um, as it pertains to, for me, I had to call Rick about this. Uh, for me, the Battle of the Bands, because I didn't watch the game. Uh, but the battle of the bands for me, I was I couldn't make it through it because I was completely appalled because it was getting on my nerves because I got tired of the booing. Uh, yes, it 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 it, it, it kind of goes back to um, I think it I think I can't remember who was saying it. I think it may have been Quan or or, or Chuck or somebody. But I'm sorry, we got to train our audience to be better because for me it was so disgusting. To every time that somebody would play, I heard I hear people booing. And as I said earlier today, one of the things that that for me is an issue is not even just the fact that you're booing, because to me that's disrespectful off top. But these are students, these are kids, these are people who have taken their time to prepare to entertain you for you to sit here and continuously be massively disrespectful. And then uh, you know, the other thing that I said was the thing that really 
that really started to get under my skin from the beginning was the fact that you were booing and talking during the the marches. And if we're going to sit up here and talk about we need to protect the culture, we'll understand the beginnings of the culture. We used to play marches before we got into all the other stuff. That's part of the culture. But you you didn't you didn't pay attention to it. You talked over it. You booed it as soon as it, as soon as the first note played. Like I, it, it was just so much that was happening that I could not even truly get into the battle part of it because it was so much disrespect going on. And personally, I'm gonna be honest. I don't care how anybody feels about me saying that. It's trash. That's trash. That's trash behavior. And we got to do better as a people, as a culture. We can't talk about we we love the culture and we respect the culture, but you going I don't care how big the rivalry is. That's just massively disrespectful. So, you know, I said the same thing, Doc, because, uh, bro, like, yeah, my, my first thing is students, and that's what I thought about. I'm like, dang, uh, at the top, I had Gerard Howard, HBC bands. He hit me up. He was like, man, come check your audio, because between, of course, the band's loud, but Howard, it was in a baseball diamond. So the shade over the people and our mics at the top. So between them booing, the bands coming, it's all you hear is like boo and cheer and this, that, and the third. And I'm like, I think that need to be a, the announcement need to be made. Like no booze, cheer for your favorite band, but you like first, these are students first. And I get it. And, and, and another thing too is like, it was man in Jackson because it was, it was in Jackson, Mississippi. So everybody, their mama came out there for Jackson. You know what I'm saying? It's like, dang, like you're not even giving the other band a chance to even, you know, to even like, be presented before you boo. So I didn't like the boos for the audio, but I definitely didn't like it at the end of the day. Knees all on kids. You know what I'm saying? Cheer, fat do what you need to do, but like the booing is unnecessary. So training your audience, that may need to be an episode by itself. I, even though it may just take a simple announcement, but like, you know, yeah, Luke, I, I definitely agree with you because I didn't like that at all. Yeah, like, you know, I understand that they were coming into hostile territory. I mean, that obviously makes sense, right? Like, and, and I said it earlier, like, being at Norfolk, we had our gym battles, and when we did it, you know, Hampton came through and Virginia State and South Carolina State and A&T. I mean, people booed. I'm not going to act like booing is not is, is something new. But our audience also understood, like, okay, there is a limit. And if they do something good, they did it good. Respect the fact that they did something good and give them love for it, or just don't do anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, that. I think that was the biggest thing for me, like, there were some things that, that Southern played. Like I said, I didn't get through the whole thing, so I can't I, – I will not say who was better or not, but what I will say is there were some things that Southern played just, just from the song alone that I thought was dope, just the fact that they played the song. And you couldn't even respect the fact that they just played the song and say they did a good job playing the song. It was just like immediate boo, like, come on, man. We got to do better, though. Like, <laughs> just – but that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say who's bad. Who, now, from a musical standpoint, listen, listen, if we if we want to go that route from a musical standpoint, I feel like there was a lot of intonation problems only coming from the. I have to always put this out here because, it, as I said before, what you get in, in, in face to face is different from what you get on camera. There were some intonation problems that I just was not comfortable with. There were certain attacks and releases that I was not comfortable with from both programs because I've heard from video both programs be better than what I heard them on that, on what I heard them doing for the Battle of the Bands. It was just like, 
I don't care about nothing that we've practiced before. All these things, I'm just going to bowl balls to the wall. It don't matter. And, and at, at some point, like, it, like even me and Rick talked about it. Like, I think it was you had your um, – you had your your marches at the beginning. I think they two play like two slow daddies, and then the rest of it was rap daddies, rap daddies all day, just just around the room, rap daddies. Like, and like I said, I didn't I didn't hear all of it, but I mean, like, come on, like there has to be variety. And to me, that goes back to some of the arguments that we had before. Like, there has to be variety in what we're doing. I understand we're entertaining, but we're also we're also agents of musicians. We have to also show some some musicianship in what we're doing. We also have to show versatility. I mean, it's all a part of it. The dopest thing to me, I will say this: whatever that song is, what 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 what's the name of that song? Where Southern hit the run, daddies. Tomorrow. There we go. That to me, it, versatile. It, it shows the versatility of the program. I appreciate that song for what it is. Dope song. But I think there has to be more than just that one. You hit the rap daddies all day. You hit the Should daggone. Be, you hit the daggone marches. You hit that one, and then everything else is. Uh, but they also they also musical pieces in, in them songs, man. I'm gonna say another thing. This is one of them you had to be the uh, events. Now, as much as I hated the booth because I know the audio was gonna come out trash. There though, man, this shit was like the Super Bowl. Of, it, it was. So lit, like it was like, God damn! All I was missing was a tailgate outside. It was lit, but I, I, I don't know, Lucas. I think this is what what people wanted to see. You, you, you kind of had some musical stuff up in there, like a couple of those verses was fire. You know what I'm saying, but people come to see the ignorance. You know what I'm saying? So, well, that's my point, though. But that, but that, but I think that's my point. Like, I, I, because I, 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 I know. Listen, I've been looking. I started watching the Boombox, or really, really focusing on the Boombox when my boy Ken went from Norfolk to, to, uh, Southern. Southern. Yeah. <laughs> when he, because I, I, you know, I watched Southern when I was, when I was in high school and I watched Jackson, but I just never really focused on the boombox. But when my biggest one that I, I remember watching for the first time was the, the year to in those, in those jeans battles that, that, that year, Ooh. that's when I first started really paying attention to the boombox. So I know what people go to the boombox to see and to have this specific battle. I understood all of that goes into it because I understand being in the atmosphere. You want to hear people crank up too, but here's the, here's the huge caveat and the huge, but to that as a musician, as an educator, as a band director, I want to hear more versatility. That's just me. That's how I am. That I like. I tell you all the time. I want to hear some ignorant stuff too, but I also yeah. want some other stuff on the side of that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, this, uh, it, I think it was well proportioned. I think I think it was. I think the crowd. I think the crowd. Um, audio took away from the experience. Like you had to come to that thing next year, next year, Luke. Well, I don't know what it's gonna be next year because they're moving the game to Birmingham. So I don't know what's gonna happen next year. But um, but yeah, man. So yeah, but it was it was one of the ones that you had to be the experience and I was so tired I went to Magic City the next day I was not getting rained on but uh but yeah man so yeah I mean like I said that's 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 just that's where I stand with it and I know everybody's gonna feel different and it's all cool I, I don't I ever like I always say opinions are like buttholes everybody got one you know what I'm saying and like I said, I don't think that either one of them, you know like I I didn't finish watching the video because it's, it's just hard for me to do 
But, yeah. you know, I, I don't think I'm not saying that either one of them was terrible. I'm just saying for me, there's just, there's just more that I would like and, and, and more for me personally that I would expect from one of the two. Yeah, basically, if you if you really want to call it this, the two top tier programs in the SWAC, you know what I'm saying? So that's just that's just where I'm coming from from it. As far as the the Magic City, I said it earlier. I think that Alabama State smashed a, uh, Alabama A and M. That's my personal opinion, but I'm going off of the video. In my personal opinion, but maybe I need to go back and watch the video. But I let me let me let me re, let me restate that because I don't say smash. I think that I think Alabama State did better than Alabama. And, yeah, I thought they were the better program. I don't think that they smashed them. No, I don't think that. But but I think that Alabama State was a better program. Uh, but like I said, I'm only going off of videos because obviously, and, and I'm gonna put it out there, and then this is gonna be the rest. This is gonna be my ending for it. For me, and I don't know if it's it's because of the upgrade in camera quality and audio quality. I just think that when it comes to historically black college and universities and our programs more specifically, because of the nature of how the music is approached from a very bombastic approach. There are a lot more stickouts that come, that come through on the camera and in the audio. You know, if you go back and you watch some of those older videos, you know, from the nineties and stuff like that, where recording quality was a lot different. You're not going to hear all of that, but I also think that that's how you approach. It also deals with how you approach playing within the within the setting you know you're not going to hear and and i always got to bring this up you're not going to hear that many stickouts on a video when it comes to dci but that that's based on the fact of how they approach playing and the pedagogy of how they play as a as a control as a unit you know the first person i heard say that i heard a high school director actually said that in new orleans he was like it's crazy and that's saying you have to play for the camera now but knowing that everything is such high quality you have to Go in thinking, okay, we can't we'll have room for mistakes because like everything is going to get picked up. You know what I'm saying? So that's 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 a need to be a course that need to be not saying taught, but like a, a panel discussion. Like when you're arranging or like or practicing your band, you realize that like that can take away from your um from your from your sound because back in the day, everything was round. It sound almost muffled. And since you're hearing echoes in the sense, nah, these mics and stuff. We got nowadays you picking up every single thing. So look, I ain't ever think of it like that to think about what's going on. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. So so are you speaking about like uncharacteristic tones like coming out and like something that you probably wouldn't hear fifteen years ago on the tape? Uh yeah. For the most part. Um it's very it's very easy for me to for me to tell um when somebody is massively flat or when somebody is overplaying. Um, so like when I, when I when teaching, teaching DCI, we're always talking about, or just teaching core in, in general, we're always talking about air production and how the air moves, moving the air together. Where should, where should that air reach? So on and so forth. And then when we start talking about volume and volume control, one of the things that I've always taught my kids, and this is something I've learned in the past, you don't outplay 
you're not trying to exceed the person next to you. You want to match the person next to you. So if we're doing a crescendo, we want a crescendo together. We don't want to, we don't want to try to get to that peak before the person next to you, because then that's not a full crescendo as a, as a full group. You're actually doing your own thing. You're being a renegade. And so I think that what, I think some of the times what's translating as it, as it pertains to um, more traditional style bands, HBCU style bands, is that I don't think that conversation is just being had. I think that when, you know, when you're teaching the music, fine, you're teaching the music, but I think that what ends up happening too is, all right, crank up. And I think it's a competition between the, the person, you know, the people in the section of who can play the loudest. And it's not necessarily talking about playing as a controlled unit. So what comes across on the camera is the people who are trying to play the loudest is the ones who go stick out. So I think, I think that has a lot to do with it. I think instruments too have a lot to do with it. Mouthpieces have a lot to do with it. So there's just a lot of different things that, that are all embodied in all of that stuff. So, but yeah, that's, that's where I am. You, you know what I think though, too, um, I think like a lot of bands well, like going deeper than that, I think a lot of sections don't really tune, you know, like when I was, when I was marching in the hundred, all the section leaders had tuners. We, we, you know, we run through the one form of sequence sequence. And then all of us, you know, hold a note, uh, sexually hear somebody out. All right, drop your jaw. All right, push in a little bit, push out. Um, even in the stands, you know, we hitting the toner, you know, if, so, if somebody hears somebody out of place, you know, um, we're running that. And the only, the only other HBC band that I've warmed up next to was Cookman. And I seen them doing the same stuff like that we were doing, but like, I, I got like a, like, that's a serious question. I got like, do other HBC bands like tune as much as, you know, not saying as much as family cooking, but do they, do, do they continuously tune like throughout, you know, that process in the game and stands, all that. I mean, it's a serious question I had. Well, I, I will. Well, let me, let me say this and then, cause I don't want to take this show too, too far past the, the point of what the show is. Uh, but I, I will say that I'm, I'm not going to speak for anybody's program because I don't know what they do within their band room was within their walls. Uh, I can say that from my perception and what I see, I don't think people know how to tune correctly. I think people, I think programs do tune, but I also don't think that they tune correctly. I, I, I think that, you know, they pull a tuner out maybe, you know, and then tune as a whole program and then they move on and then they play corrals, but they don't understand the point of the usage of the corral. Um, and so I think, I think those two things are happening. And, um, I think that's what causes some of the intonation problems that we, that, that, that they receive. Um, especially when you're talking about playing at different volume levels. So I'm gonna say this, I'm gonna let it go. If you tune at a mezzo piano, but you play at a, at a fortissimo, you're not going to be in tune. Think about that. Also, if you're not tuning certain partials, and if you know certain notes that are sharper, if you're, well, if you're doing certain chords, yeah. Can you hear me? 
Yeah, we got you. We got you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah if you're not, <clears throat> you got to know that certain notes and certain registers or certain partials are going to be sharp. Exactly. So if you're not if you're not dropping the jaw at certain parts, then you're automatically going to be sharp. You know that if you know the optimum range of that particular instrument, i.e. the piccolo, is already a, a octave above whatever note you're playing, it's going to be a sheer note. And then also, you know, not to get in real detail, you get to arranging too and specific voicing. All of that plays plays a picture, but uh, so you you so you I went further you went further than I I wanted to keep it super simple. That's why I was just like I'm gonna say it and I'm gonna let it go because I was just like I just tried to give you one simple thing because a lot of people don't people a lot of people don't realize that you you can't tune at a specific level volume level, but play. At a, at a volume level that's further away from the distance from your the way you tune and think that you're still going to be in tune. So that's why that's why I said that. But here come Quan. Quan got to add some more stuff. I, don't, no, I, don't, I, don't, I think somebody's going to see that and basically say what you're trying to say is, is that, like, you can't tune, like you say, regular, and then you crank and you're never going to be in tune. I know that's when, that, that's pretty much what we're going to grab it. So I guess can you, I don't say can you crank in tune, but... I guess that's a whole other conversation. But I feel exactly what you say. You can't tune that fucking piano and fucking and play a fucking game. You try to be in tune. I, but I don't know because I think it's kind of like art, like Chris said, it's kind of something that we created because I know bands that cranking it sound good as hell. They be in tune. So, like, I don't know. That's a, that, that's, that's a fine line we walk. That's definitely a hell of a topic for, like, you know, and you crank it tune. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because I know Fam you they I be cranking nothing, but they sound damn good. But I know I'd have felt some strong fam use before. You know what I'm saying? I damn sure felt some strong with those Pikmin. So I, I don't know. It's, it's just yeah. something when you hear like a concert F and then you hear them waves and it's like, like bro, you don't hear that shit? Like, you, you, you ain't going to move that slide a little bit? Everybody, everybody doesn't think like that. It's sometimes, yeah. I mean... It, See, we go, we going, we going too far in this conversation, but let's. But the truth of the matter is, you know, some of our favorite bands and some of our favorite bands' favorite bands really listen to them when they're playing a lot of these chords. Because, and I'm not saying every single one of them plays in triads, but listen to some of the chords that they, the triads that they play throughout the band. You, you, you can hear the intonation problems. But because we're caught up in the entertainment value of it, the hypeness of it, oh. <laughs> we don't we oh, miss that. I'm just saying I'm not I'm not trying to I'm not trying to down anybody. I'm really not. I'm just being I'm being as honest as I possibly can. You know. Quiet, you know this guy. <laughs> Boy, this is gonna be this is a hell of a like the time. I'm just dropping ideas. Ain't cranking through what you may talk about. Like hey, hey, I. I don't know, Luke. I just I don't know, man. Cause ah, that's a hell of a that's a hell of a topic to talk about. Cause it's kind of like you basically like your favorite band. I guess like I don't know, man. It's I don't I don't want to walk that far. Like, we can talk about. It. I do that in the show. But that's a hell of a, a way to a segue to some, some some serious conversation. No, I mean, I mean, like I said, I, I'm I'm not talking about anybody. I'm just saying right. in in general. No, but that that was not specific to anybody. Don't nobody go out there and say that I said that, that, that whatever your your band is. I'm just saying in general, in the general sense, if you go and listen to some of the some of these bands, you can go listen to whatever your favorite band is. You know, listen to when they play a triad, a major chord. 
Listen, listen for some of the intonation in between that. And then you'll be take take your hypeness out of it, take the entertainment out of it, and just really sit back and close your eyes and listen. It's almost like you're gonna get into like I guess it's slang. I know it's not right, but it sounds good. Like it's almost like you know it's it, it's uh, it, 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 I guess it depends on who the who the who the it, consumer is. And exactly, is. it depends on who the listener is. Because mm-hmm. for me, you know, while it's hype, I can hear the intonation. For somebody else, they'll be like, "Man, they sound good." I'll be like, "All right, I guess if you feel, if you say that way, <laughs> hey, you know." So, but but like I always say, everybody's entitled to their opinion. You know, everybody it's up to everybody's interpretation. But man, we got to get ready to close it out, man. So, man, I appreciate y'all, brothers, as as, as always, man. Uh, you know, Justin, we we we'll, we'll have some other further further conversations, man. Malik, it's good to see you, man. I, I know last time I did see you was on Christmas show. I'll be back there yeah. just looking at it, man. But you got we got to get you in a couple more times, man. My wife texted me and was just like, "Uh, man, y'all you got Malik on." I was like, "Yeah, yeah, he he came through." But yeah, man, yeah, we got to get you on a couple more times, bro. You say what? Got to fall through sometime. Yeah, man. Not always, always. You know, you're always welcome, my brother. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. All right, y'all. All right, man. How did you Go. All right, Quan. Even though you're headed home, it's me. It's, there you go. Even <laughs> though you're headed home, man, this is uh, this has been a, a one for the books. Um, good show, man. Very good show. I think that we had some necessary conversations. I think when people go back and, and listen to this, they probably go, brother Edwin Moore, he gonna have his his uh his his uh fingers ready to start typing. Uh I gotta <laughs> go through and approve some of the ones he just put in. He bro, he went all the way back and he watched the 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 um crank that wind ensemble episode, episode thirty two, and he commenting on that now. So I gotta go in and look at the comments and approve his comments on that, man. So uh, but yeah, man, I definitely feel like this today was a, 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 a much needed episode, and we're gonna have something like this uh, more and more, man. All right, man, uh, let's get ready to get at, get out of here. Any final thoughts, bro? Anything you got for the culture? Uh, just make make it about the kids, bro. At the end of the day, uh, make it about the kids. If you are a band director, um, your goal is to strive to to make the best sound and play into like we were just talking about but the most the best sound that you can make is a is a is a change heart for a child in a positive way that's it absolutely um i will say this um for me we got to do better as a culture as a people we got to stop glorifying our poison I mean, let's let's be real. Um, there are some things that that we invest in and that we glorify in that that aren't good for us. And we got to start fighting for the things that are good for us. Um, and we can't go. I'm trying to stop cursing, man. I think I'm doing a very good job. But we got to go. Gra- we got to stop looking at the grass backward things and calling them the good things. There are things that we were taught in our young age that even though you tried to run from it were necessary for us. And we got to bring some of those things back as a people and as a culture. It is necessary. We've got to do that. It's going to help us build our community. It's going to help us. uh, It's going to help us strengthen our kids in the long run. So as a culture, we got to do better. We need to do better. 
Let's have more conversations like this. And let's not be afraid to have these conversations too. A lot of times we have these conversations and we start running from them. And we start saying, oh, well, that ain't me. Or they talking about something I don't want to talk about. But here's the problem. We need to have these conversations, man. We have to. It is it is imperative for us to have these conversations, for us to build more community. All right. Uh, make sure you check out the website. Get some merchandise. Man, I just talked to somebody about getting some new merchandise. So you can check it out. Keep checking it out. And then we're going to keep that up uh, for you guys. So www.realtalkthattalk.com. You can get 30% off your purchase when you type HBCU Band. Also, check out the Patreon. Uh, if you're going to check out this episode later on, it's all good. Just make sure you click that like button as you're checking it out. Also, if you're leaving out, make sure you click that like button on the way out the door. All right, I ain't got nothing for you. The Rockets lost today. I know anybody, everybody ain't surprised. Astros, this, you all we got. All right, man, we out of here. Thank you for tuning in to Talk That Talk. Find us on social media outlets and YouTube at Real Talk That Talk. Talk That Talk is a brand of the Passion Is Network. You can contact Passion Is at passionis1919 at gmail.com. If you would like to contact the panel of Talk That Talk, email us at realtalkthattalk at gmail.com.